Hey there, Easy Peasy listeners. Caleb here, excited to share an exciting opportunity with you. Get ready to dive into our Football is Back giveaway that started back on Monday. Learn more and head over to our social media accounts right now to check out the giveaway. By participating, you'll stand a chance to walk away with a $50 gift card and a a stylish Sportasonic t-shirt. We'll reveal the lucky winner right here on the Easy Peasy Show. To join in, all you have to do is visit our social media platforms, hit that follow button for the Sportasonic page, show some love to the giveaway post with a like, and don't forget to tag three of your buddies in the comments section. And a little pro tip, you can boost your chances of winning by performing these steps across the multiple social media platforms that they'll be on, including Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and even Threads. Be sure to act fast as the giveaway ends September 6th at 11.59 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Easy Peasy peasy Show. Um, Sorry for the odd timing of this episode. Um, A few nights ago, we had some some power outages throughout the state of Louisiana with some some welcomed storms in the area, but um, it did cause us to lose power and... We were unfortunately not able to get our episode out in time, so I think what we're just going to do is going to uh, match up our episode for for mega Wednesday. Episode. Yep, mega episode. We'll just match up our episode for Wednesday and Friday together, and it's just going to come out on Thursday. So, um, sorry for the inconvenience, like I said, but um, we, I mean, there was really no choice. We couldn't do anything. So, uh, mother, when Mother Nature steps in, there's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll start off. Uh, I know that's old news at this point, but we can start off with uh, Eric Gilbert, uh, tight end for Nebraska. We're all too familiar with that being from being that he was playing down here at LSU. Um, got arrested on two Tuesday yes. morning, um, yes. for <laughs> a burglary. Um, I mean. I, I don't even know what to say about it. I used to pray not for only, like this. Not only did he get arrested, but there is like absolute damning in, uh, evidence that it was him, what he was doing. He somehow found a way to steal like over $1,000 worth of vapes. Um, that's impressive. It was, yep. Um, it's the only however, thousand thing he'll ever see. He, ain't, he definitely ain't getting a thousand yards, maybe a thousand <laughs> days in the penitentiary. Yeah, no kidding. That'd be awesome. Uh, obviously, Nebraska's NIL ain't hitting like that. Um, so, good luck recruiting, guys. But, um, yeah, how, how do you feel about this, Zach? Oh, I mean, it is what it is. Like, it, um, I guess to an extent, I feel bad for him because he just threw away, his, threw away his future. But on the other hand, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad for him because if I was in his situation, I definitely would have played my hands a little, uh, you know, played my cards a little bit differently. Um. Because you know, you have to be a certain kind of stupid to to throw away something like that. Like I I know the whole mental health thing or whatever he may have like struggled in his past. Um, he says he's he says he's gotten therapy. Obviously that has, hasn't helped, and obviously he doesn't care to get himself the proper help. So, hey, look, uh, you do unto yourself what you want to. Are you an idiot? Absolutely. Uh, do you deserve to have everything you've ever worked worked for taken away from you? Absolutely. Um, should you ever play football again? I mean, no. Um, yeah, I have, I have nothing good to say about this guy. Um, he left LSU. He's dead to me. 
Uh, all he knows is how to rob vape stores. Uh, like you said, he did a good job robbing it, though. I mean, it's not he, you know, it, it wasn't planned at all, too. I know you've seen the video, but uh, dude, just like I mean, look, yeah, he was he was looking for trouble, and uh, he sure enough found it, and you know, he was really stupid about it. Uh, I mean, he might as well just like took his mugshot uh, with the camera in front of the store, uh, as long as he stood in front of it. But uh, no, he decided to put a t-shirt over his head and just like go in there, guns a blazing, uh, no, or no guns really, but you know, just you know, his two bra two brain cells a blazing, and um, grabbed what he could, uh, walked down the hallway to see the cops waiting for him, and uh, yeah, so uh, goodbye your future, Eric Gilbert. Congratulations. You blew an opportunity that thousands of other people would have loved to have had. You wasted a scholarship spot on that roster, I'm sure, that someone else could have actually used. So happy for you, man. Keep it up. Yeah, man. Look, uh, Eric Gilbert, obviously the highest rated uh, tight end to ever come out of high school. Um, I mean, obviously the talent's there. Hasn't been able to be on the field to prove that. I, I played about half a season at LSU, and, I mean, dude was tearing it up while he was playing, but then he – the whole mental health issue, which now now looking back at it, I mean, can you even blame that at, that, at this point? Um, a lot of people feel bad for this kid. At this point, I can't feel bad for him. I mean, he's wasted three absolutely golden opportunities, one at LSU, big-time program, uh, one at Georgia, big-time program, and now one at Nebraska, big-time program. I mean, nobody – I. I Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody getting three of those types of opportunities in, you know, after screwing up at the previous two places they've went. Most people get one shot. And if they screw up, they're they go to the G League. I'm mean, not D League, but JUCO <laughs> or um or FCS. I mean, nobody. I mean nobody gets three historic programs like those three uh in a row. Uh, and to screw every single one of those up, I, I just I have no words, man. Like uber talented, potentially has a high, had a higher ceiling than somebody like Kyle Pitts, who I I hold in a very high regard. Um, but dude, he just I mean you got to be able on the field to 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 prove that, and he hasn't. Mm -hmm. I mean the last time we saw him play was twenty twenty, and that was for half a season. I mean, I, yeah, I don't – look, whatever. I, I, sucks for Eric Gilbert, I guess. Uh, you you got to figure some stuff out, dude. At this point, I don't even know how people can feel sorry for you. Um, I don't, if I'm being honest, and I'm, I've got a pretty soft spot in my, in my heart for athletes like this, but at this point, I don't feel bad for you. I mean, you brought all this onto yourself. Uh, sucks. Sorry about it, dude. <laughs> but – yeah, my thought, my thoughts exactly. I think me and you agree. Uh, sort of feel bad for him, but not really, because like yeah. I said, you just—I mean, honestly, how dare you? How dare you, sir? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, obviously, obviously, the most concerning part of that video was that obviously he hadn't been in the weight room, being that it took him about <laughs> seven kicks to get through the door. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad too. I mean, <laughs> come on, dude, come on. Just, You're tied in. You're supposed to have good explosiveness, dude. Freaking. I don't know, man. Just <laughs> a sad situation, but it's it's not that sad. I mean, he brought it on himself. Yeah, it's sad that somebody wasted all that potential when somebody else could have had it. But it is what it is, I guess. 
Yeah, absolutely. It is what it is. And uh, But yeah, with that being said, uh, you want to move into our NFL slash AFC preview? How's that sound? That sound good to you? Yeah, I'm good with it. Since I can't um, come up with a good segue. Yeah, no, I'm good with it. I mean, we had roster cuts today, if, uh, which is today is Wednesday, if you're listening. Um, August 30th, roster cuts were finalized today. We had some intriguing uh, cuts, but we'll, we'll get into that later on. Yeah, no, uh, I wish nothing but the worst for those guys that couldn't make it. Um, I'm joking. I had some shockers for sure. Yes, I, I suppose. The Ravens didn't really have – there was no one on the Ravens that surprised me. I know a bunch of Saints fans were, like, shocked, but um, I don't know. That, uh, Melvin Gordon didn't even make the 53, man. Oh, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. You should have seen, uh, yeah, seen Mitchell during the preseason once I saw him. Um, Oh, Speedy Gonzalez out there. Oh, it was over. But oh, Melvin Gordon stayed on the practice squad at least. And he turned down other 53-man roster spots to stay on the practice squad. So, yep. I think the biggest surprise for me was uh, Bailey Zappi not making the 53-man. Uh, yeah, trash. We had people chanting his name last year, and now he can't even make the – now he's on the practice squad. I think that was the Patriots more or less trying to show um, – or give confidence to Mac Jones that they, they you know, they're trying to – not put all their eggs in one basket with him, but, you know, maybe that gives him the boost of confidence that he needs to be a little bit better than average or a little bit better than below average, which is what he has been. Like, yeah. so, you know, so, sometimes it's just that that something very little like that could be could very well be the turning point for uh, someone who's young in their NFL career, like a young leader. So uh, I think that's kind of what that move was, you know, uh, signifying from the Patriots. Yeah, but I mean, it, what was kind of strange is that it leaves them with no—I mean, no other quarterback aside from Matt Jones on the active roster. Uh, granted, they can call up Bailey Zappi or Malik Cunningham whenever they wanted to, but I don't know. Just kind of strange. I, I get what what they're doing, but most people do tend to leave a one other quarterback on their roster. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But I mean, like you said, it's going to be pretty easy, um, especially, you know, once all the uh, waivers clear and stuff. I mean, they're going to probably sign, you know, one or two quarterbacks. I think they have a few open roster spots or at least a couple. Where they're, um, I mean, yeah, they're definitely not, they definitely do not plan on keeping Mac Jones. Uh, I'm sorry, keeping Mac Jones on there by himself. No. So, um, I mean, you I, know. Uh, yeah. But we'll go. Oh, if you'd like, we can get into our AFC projections. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine by me. Um, I said, we so can, how, you want to do this division by division, or you just kind of want to like you like start with the bottom of the barrel teams and then work our way to the cream of the crop? Or, uh, well, I mean, if you'd like, we can go division by division, and then once we wrap it up, uh, uh, say who our playoff teams are, like seed them. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. We can just um. Yeah, we can just yeah, pick a division. We'll just start with a team in there. Not necessarily the worst or the best in the division, but we can just kind of, you know, give a preview of that team and where where they, where they we can expect them to finish. Uh, you want to start South? Yeah. AFC South, yeah. They're, yeah, it's going to be the worst division in the AFC. A stacked, AFC always is, like, stacked. But anyways, um, yeah, we can start with them. I have their over-unders uh, win totals, too, next to their names. So I can um, kind of spit that out to you. And if you want to take a wild guess as to what they're going to hit, you know, feel free to go for it. That's kind of what I planned, at least. I was going to give a quick rundown of, like, you know, a couple of, like, X factors or, like, where where I think they can pick up on and, like, what I think 
not necessarily what their win total is going to be, but where, you know, how I think they're going to finish over or under this amount of wins. Yeah. You know, I think that's going to be just a little bit easier and stuff. Me trying to keep up with, oh, who do I have winning this game? What does that make their record? You know, that's, that's too much to keep up with, at least for now. No, I hear you. But so, um, who I have winning the AFC South, and actually, even oh, though I do think going right into it, it. well, I, I just I'll just go down my list. Um, I do so have start from start from the bottom, work your way up. That's more okay. interesting. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Um, so at the bottom of the barrel of the AFC, the bottom of the barrel of the bottom of the barrel, if you will. <laughs> um, I do have the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're in absolute rebuilding mode. Um, Anthony Richardson is an absolute project at quarterback. They're not going to be good. I mean, I, there's no other way to put it. Doesn't look like Jonathan Taylor is going to play much at all, if at all. Um, if y'all didn't see today, he was officially not traded anywhere, uh, and he remains on the PUP list. Uh, Colts kind of screwed him over a little bit, um, but you know that's kind of you got to be careful when you when you request trades like that, knowing that. You might have something damning on, like a physical or something, like he did. Uh, he wasn't careful, and it bit him in the butt. So, you know, uh, but yeah, the Colts really—they're not great at receiver. They're not great offensively. They have Quentin Nelson on the line, who I think is great, but even him, after his first year, is falling off a little bit. Um, not great at running back after Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I don't, I don't see a, like a true, just a true strength in the Colts this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to finish dead last in the AFC South. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, their win total is actually set at six and a half. And no, uh, I have them as a clear under in that. I'm sure you do too, just the way you seem to be talking about them. But yeah, you pretty much hit everything, uh, nail, hit the nail on the head. Uh, outside of Michael Pittman Jr., who they have at wide receiver. Um, yep. uh, I mean, they have Josh Downs, which I guess is a segue into my rookie to watch for him. Um, I mean, he's a third round pick. Uh, is he going to be a major contributor right away? I don't necessarily think so, but I think thanks to the lack of death at that position, I think they'll. I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to uh, cement himself as a starter in a team that you know lacks death outside of Michael Pittman Jr. Um, you already touched on their offensive line. I kind of had that as their strength. Uh, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, uh, both sucked last year. The whole offensive line kind of sucked last year. But it's um it's hard to keep those big boys down. I think they're going to bounce back this year, and I think they're going to give Anthony Richardson a little bit of a um better time in the NFL than most of the other rookie quarterbacks. Uh, granted, you know I think Richardson's uh, scrambling and uh, wanting wanting this to run may you know put them in a bind. But I think regardless, I think the offensive line will probably be the strength. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. I, I have for them. I also have them right under the Texans. To be honest, I, I, I was going back and forth between the Colts and the Texans being the worst team in the AFC South. But I'm going to um, give a slight edge to the Texans here just because of so many que- too many question marks at this point for yep. the Colts. And I'll agree with uh, that. I think um, I do have the Texans in third in the AFC South as well. Um, I just don't see them – I don't see them being quite as bad as the Colts. I think they're – I mean, they've been rebuilding for <laughs> a long time now. I think – C.J. Stroud has a lot of potential to be a quarterback of the future. I don't think he's there yet, but I think they're better receiver-wise. I think John Matthew will come back this year. Um, Brandon Cooks is there. So they're a 
a, they're a good bit better than wide receiver. Um, offensive line is trash. Defense is – well, I say it's trash, but they – is it D'Amico, Ryan? I can't oh, – gosh. What's, uh, what's the coach's name? Um, obviously, it's oh, San Francisco. Tyrone Blue. D'Amico Ryans, yes. The uh, defensive coordinator from the 49ers last year, so I think the defense is going to take a, a, a pretty big step forward. Got a few of his Texans – I mean, 49ers players from – there too so um i look for them to be a slight step up from the colts but still nothing great i think they might win six games yeah all right uh as i say they're over under set at five and a half i actually have them going under as well uh you mentioned brandon cooks a wide receiver i'm not sure if you're aware he got traded uh this offseason brandon cooks is no longer on the texans which uh leads me to their weak spot is wide oh, receiver no. just like the colts yeah it, it's 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 fine it kind of happened like i said I just Kind of happen under the radar. No one pays attention to the Texans, but um, yeah, wide receivers. Cowboys. That's the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, that's where he got traded. Oh, oh, I thought I thought you said I thought I said Cowboys. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, it's all right. But uh, yeah. Uh, after trading away Brandon Cooks, they have an obvious um, uh, question marks at wide receiver besides Mechie. But um, that also leads me to a, a rookie on the watch is uh, Tank Dell. Oh, but yeah, I mean, are they are they going to really like help CJ Stroud in his first year? Unfortunately, not. Is his offensive line going to help? No. Um, for the Texans, I think their biggest strength is their secondary. They have a lot of guys. Um, you know, they signed Jimmy Ward, which will help, and they have guys coming off their first year, which should help. Um, you know, you, they got that first year under the belt now. Uh, it's 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 time to see what you can do with it. Uh, I think a lot of this team's success will actually rely on a former LSU snouted Derek Stingley Jr. Because let's be honest, he sucked his rookie season. Um, it was it was god awful. But like you said, D'Amico Ryan's coming in, uh, defensive minded, and I think that's gonna be I think that's gonna be great for Derek Stingley. But uh, really, the true guy on defense to watch is the obvious uh, number three pick in the draft, Will Anderson Jr. Uh, not much to be said about him. I, the dude's gonna be dude's gonna be a beast. I, it would not shock me if he's MVP of that defense within the first two weeks, and it's just a clear standout above everyone else. But um, uh, yeah, uh, Texans should be an interesting team to watch. Like you said, the rebuilding has taken a lot longer than anyone would like. But uh, I, that I mean, I, I don't know. I could I could just totally see them beating the Colts twice. You know, so that's why I have them over the Colts. I, but I don't know. Like I mean, I could I could flip a coin between the two, because like I said, I mean, I have the Colts getting under six and a half, and I have the Texans getting under five and a half wins. So I mean, it's just they're almost one and the same to me. Yeah. Um. I will. I do want to give a shout out to a guy I went to high school with, and I think he could be a big part of the defense as well. Is Christian Harris? Um. Maybe it's just because I went to high school with him and I like the dude, but um, I think he could be a solid linebacker for him, especially under D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, I'm, so I'm looking for him to take a pretty big step up as well as Stingley. So, all right, moving on to our now. This one I was also torn between um, who should be first in the division. So uh, I was not torn, torn actually. All right, who who do you have a second then? Titans. Okay. Um. Titans at quarterback is I know they have Tannehill, but it's still kind of a question mark. I mean, Malik Willis is not he was not what they wanted him to be last year. 
Um, Will Levis, I think, is a lot like Anthony Richardson in the sense that he's a huge project. Um, I was not a fan of him in college either. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. I don't like that. I don't dislike him as a person. I just don't think he's he was great as a player. Um, I, I think they they. I mean, Burt. Burks isn't the receiver. Traylon Burks isn't the receiver they wanted him to be. Um, Derrick Henry isn't getting younger. I do like Tajay Spears there. Um, I think he could be a good compliment to Derrick Henry, but I don't think Derrick Henry is a three-down back anymore. Uh, he's just getting a little bit too old. His body's getting beat up. He's getting hurt more. Um, and in an attempt to conserve him, I think they they run Tajay Spears a little bit more, but even then Tajay Spears is also a little bit injury-prone. So kind of... You know, I'm I'm curious to see how that goes. I'm a big fan of Tajay Spears, though. Uh, obviously, a two-lane guy. Um, really put the team on his back last year in college. But college and NFL are a whole whole lot different. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, he does well. But I just, man, I don't even see the Titans making the playoffs this year. I think their defense is going to be fine like it normally is. But offensively, I just don't see them doing enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's fair. Um, I do. I, I don't know. I was torn between who I have at, who I have at my number one team, and at the end of the day, I put the Titans as a sneaky pick. Uh, would I bet them? Probably not. But in such a weak division, where the I Jaguars were betting in that division, yeah, where the Jaguars were a runaway. I say a runaway, but I mean, I bet on the Jaguars to win the division last seat last season, and uh, I, I but I wouldn't bet on them to do it again. Um, they kind of got lucky with all the Titan injuries that happened. Uh, you know, are they all going to be like super healthy this year? No, I don't think so. I think bringing in DeAndre Hopkins helps, but I mean, you know, who else a wide receiver do you have? I mean, you have Traylon Burks, uh, who's pretty good, but you know, other than that, I um, mean, you're going to be relying on your run game. Uh, you already touched on Tajay Spears. Uh, yeah, really, you know, all big question mark, unfortunately for them is Ryan Tannehill's, uh, decline in production. Uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, he's not been doing as good as he once was, and you know that's why you you trade up to get Will Levis. Is Will Levis going to be your guy? No. Uh, well, I mean, maybe. I guess you just don't know, which is you know sucks that your question mark is you know the the whole offense aside besides the ground game, but um you know really and on top of that, your weakness is probably your offensive line. You're just lucky you have good running backs that are going to make it look a lot better just by default. So, you know, it's going to be um, a weird team to watch this season. They're over-under over set at 7.5. I think they go clear over um, just because, I don't know. I, I think I think their schedule, you know, they're used to having to play the toughest schedule because they keep winning the division. Now they don't because, um, you know, the NFL schedule is based on how you finish in your division. So you get an easier schedule, the worse you do the season before. And now, you know, the Jaguars, who pretty much have the same team, um, plus Calvin Ridley, um, you know, have to play a much tougher schedule. So do I think the Jaguars slip a little bit? I think so. And I think the Titans can take advantage. I see the Titans. I see them each probably winning one game apiece against each other. And, you know, also see, you know, also see them probably each losing – one of them losing – I'm sorry, each of them losing to one of the Colts or the Texans. I could totally see that too. So, like I said, this is – I mean, the, overall, this division sucks. Um, you know, I had a coin toss between the bottom two and a coin toss between the top two just because, you know, I mean, 
I get you know the Jaguars are they going to be able to repeat the success they had had last year? They could. I I guess no one's stopping them, but I mean I I, I really don't I really don't know. It's just you know you have a tougher schedule. I mean you're projected to get ten wins, which is you know pretty good, pretty on par. But I can see the Titans getting ten wins too. So I think they're a little slept on just because you know they unfortunately had a tough season last season, but they got all the same pieces. So. Uh, but leave that to be a segue into the Jacksonville Jaguars, who obviously uh, Doug Peterson did them wonders. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked great under Doug Peterson. And now you get Calvin Ridley on your team. Mm. So, I mean, you should look a lot better. Uh, but, you know, once again, just like the Titans, I think your weak point is probably your offensive line. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure – I think one of the tackles got suspended for uh, for juicing – I mean, I think you got uh, what's his name, uh, Brandon Brandon Scherf, Brandon Scherf, however you say his name. I think you know he he'll probably be the the anchor to your offensive line. But I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know about this team. I had I had faith in them last year, and I, I kind of lucked up just because the Titans ended up sucking more than the Jaguars looked good. So I mean, is Jacksonville going to take that next step to be an even better team? They could. Like I said, I, I I have high praises for Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. But man, I just don't I just don't know. I mean, being the best team in the AFC South isn't isn't gonna mean much. Because I, I still think you're probably in the in the you may be in the bottom half of the NFL to be honest, even as the best team in your division. I'll, I'll disagree but, with that. Um I do have the Jaguars actually as my number three seed in the AFC. Um <laughs> Look, man, you laugh. I really like Doug Peterson like you, you hit on. Uh, Doug Peterson made Carson Wentz look like an MVP. Imagine what he, he'll be able to do to Trevor Lawrence over time. Um, obviously, they took a massive step forward under Doug Peterson. Now, not only that, but Christian Kirk is no longer your number one receiver. Um, let's let's not forget that. They were trotting out Christian Kirk as the number one guy last year. Um, now they get Calvin Ridley. Yeah, okay. Um Good luck. This we haven't seen incredible. in a while. We haven't. You're right. You are right about that. Um, but I do think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be a huge target for Trevor Lawrence. Um, even if he doesn't come in immediately as the wide receiver one, um, over time I do think he returns to form. I mean, he's still a young guy. Um, I mean, dude, this I think this offense is going to be potent, even without an offensive line. I mean, we see, we've seen Burrow overcome a weak offensive line. To make a uh, with good targets, to make an offense pretty good. Um, so I think we see the same thing with the with the Jaguars. Also, they're like you said, they're in a really weak division. Granted, your ske- the schedule isn't how it used to be, but um, you'll still play those teams, and I think you win. Those, I think you sweep through the AFC South. I don't think that says much, but I do think you sweep through the AFC South. Um, no, let me let me say this. They're not the three seed because I think they're the third best team in the, in the AFC. I think they're the third. They they have the third best record because they played a pretty weak schedule in terms of the AFC South. Um. But yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence takes another step up. I think having Calvin Ridley is going to be huge for him. Doug Peterson another year in that organization. I think Travis Etienne takes another step up. Um. Wait, actually, did he even play last year? I think he had a foot injury. Who's that? Sorry. Uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah, I thought he played. 
Yeah, I think he did. He got he got hurt the year before, didn't he? Um, look, I really like. I'm really high on Travis Etienne. Zach can tell you, I was really high on him at Clemson. I think his burst is is sensational. I think he catches the ball well at the backfield. I think he's a good good uh just a really good three down running back. I think I think he I expect him to take form this year as more of a three down back than he has been with the Jaguars. And I think that's that's most of why I have the Jaguars being so successful this year. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think well, you know, and it's uh, obviously a big question mark for them, and I, I see you you chose to omit omit it, and for good reason. Is their uh, defense? Um, <laughs> look, your defense that had like I think you were the twenty fifth worst defense, twenty fifth best actually. I guess that makes a little bit more sense to say it like that. Um, you were in the you know bottom third of the league on defense, and you played in the AFC South. Um. No, there's just no way you're that you can't be you can't be that team with that kind of defense. And what did what did this what did this organization do to get better at defense? Not much. Nothing. Nothing. They said, you know what, we're gonna let our boys ride it out. We're gonna focus on offense. And like you said, they're taking the Cincinnati Bengals approach. Um, but you don't have Joe Burrow on your team, you don't have Jamar Chase, uh, or you know, T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd, you have Calvin Ridley, you have Zay Jones, you have Christian Kirk. Um, Let me know. Christian Kirk is a good, very good receiver. He is. I think his physique helps him a lot. And you have Evan Ingram at tight end, who I think you know people always they like to forget him, but I think he's pretty good. He's always been a very solid uh, option for Trevor Lawrence. Just like you know, Mahomes has his Kelsey, Lamar has his Andrews, uh, Lawrence has his Ingram. I don't think so, he's on their level, but I do think he is a solid. No, but I'm, that's honestly, I'm just saying in terms of um, not not collaboration. What's the word I'm looking for here? Chemistry, uh, they have this. I'd say they have the same chemistry as you know the um, previously mentioned quarterback tight end duos. But um, yeah, like I don't know, Jacksonville's just got like I said, they didn't get they got better at offense, which is good. And like I said, you know they they won some games last year because of it. You know they won games they definitely shouldn't have lost. But you know you're you're not playing the same team. You're not playing the same teams this year. So like I don't know how can I put that much faith into and to, to be the third seed in the AFC is crazy, but I don't know. Um, well, man, that's just I'm just calling my shot here. I mean, I, I mean, I'll I'm, I, I, wrong about I, it. I, but... I, yeah, I guess I can appreciate it, but I, I fail to see how the best team in the West, North, and East, how one of those best teams in those divisions can be worse than the Jaguar than the best team in the AFC South. I guess I'll just put it like that. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, um, and that's fair. That is a fair assessment. Like I said, I don't think they're the third best team. I think they'll have the third best record, which doesn't always mean, you know what I mean. Right. But I guess, I guess, and I guess that's what I'm trying to say too, is I, I fail to see how one, like I said, one of the best teams in these divisions has a worse record than the Jaguars, unless the Jaguars, you know, somehow, as I know they're, they're over under set at nine and a half. And so I could see them, going over i mean i don't think that's a huge issue but no, i don't know really <laughs> but i don't know look, I, I i just i just recall that one the game in arrowhead the divisional round i mean dude they looked i mean they really had kansas city on the ropes and that of course that's your super bowl champion um maybe i put too much stock into that game but i don't know 
should be a fun team to watch. Like, so I think the Titans and the Jaguars are going to – as I think the Titans are going to surprise people, and I think people are overrating the Jaguars just a little bit. And it's – it's you know, we've seen it way too many times in the NFL. It's so easy for a team to fall short of expectations in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So that's just kind of what I'm – you know, I'm tired of seeing it, so I'm just expecting the Jaguars – I'm expecting the Jaguars to be that team this yeah, year. My expectations are a little different. <laughs> You know, people always like to pick on the Cowboys for that, you know, for that, you know, same line of thinking. But, you know, it could very well happen to a team in the AFC and, you know, it's either the Bills or Jaguars. Mm, that's interesting that you say that. Uh, who, the Jaguars? No, no, no. But we'll move on um, to the team, the, the next division that I think – Man, it was kind of a coin flip between these two divisions, who I thought was better and who was worse, uh, the AFC North and the AFC East. I do think the AFC North is slightly better than the AFC East. Um, sorry. So, in, in last place for the AFC East, I do have the Patriots. Um, man, I just <laughs> – like you said, Mac Jones has been playing below average for since he's come into the league. They really don't have many, many – uh, Good water receivers there. Pardon me. I think they have Ramondre mm-hmm. Stevenson, who's a pretty good back, but mm-hmm. I mean, I just think they lack so much offensively that they can't overcome it. In today's today's uh, game, you see that offense is some, somewhat becoming the new defense. Like people put more stock in offense than they do defense, and it's it's really paid off for teams like the Chiefs and. Uh, the Rams, who won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, the Bills, who the Bills ha- do have a good defense, but they do give up some points too. So, um, But, yeah, I think that just, just the lack of dynamic d- – d- dynamacy, is that – No, just say dynamics. Yeah, the lack of dynamics <laughs> on the offensive side of the ball just really caused a lot of problems for the Patriots. I do f- I have them coming in last in the AFC East. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, I um, I mean, you pretty much touch on everything. You know, it's at, at, at the end of the day, I guess it's, um, I don't know. I guess it's really on, really on Mac Jones. I mean, you struggle. I don't, I don't know how to feel about Mac Jones. I don't. I don't. He's so confusing. I feel like he just should just at the end of each season. I look at. Him, I say each season. I mean, he's only been in the league what two years now. Or. Uh, yep. I mean, I look at that. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, he that was that, that's what he did this season, and, uh, and it's like, it feels like he shouldn't be doing that bad. Or I'm sorry, not, uh, that I wouldn't call it bad. I don't know what I call. It. I wouldn't call it good. Mediocre. Wouldn't call it Very bad. Mediocre. Yes, yeah, mediocre. Thank you. That's a good word. Um, so yeah, I think you know, I, I really a, a key factor for the Patriots is how this to play a Mac Jones. Um, do I think your a new offensive coordinator helps? Yes. Um. You know, Bill O'Brien's coming in. You got some, uh, you got some more weapon. You got some more weapons coming in. I think that helps. Uh, uh, I think it doesn't help that you're playing. You're playing in the AFC East. That's yeah, when I, when I say they're the second worst team, I mean division in the AFC East. I don't take that. I don't mean that lightly. Yeah, um, and that's what I said to start to start this off. AFC stacked. Uh, I yeah. put. You know, if you had to rank all eight divisions, you know, like the like three AFC divisions make it in front of the NFC's best division. Yeah. So uh, just me putting the uh, AFC. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a coin flip between them and uh, the North for me. So, um, 
Yeah, really, it's a coin flip, a three-sided coin for me between Northeast and West. Because I, 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 at, at the end of the day, I had, I had to look at the worst teams for each for each division, and that kind of like was a big deciding factor for me. Yeah, I do think the West has the worst team, but I also think they're just slightly – I think they're the best overall, though, still. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you on the Patriots. Um, you know, I think the strength is going to be the defense, obviously. Because, um, you know, everyone's coming back, obviously, besides McCourty, who retired. Um, your weakness is your offensive line, offensive tackle specifically. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I hate to call that their weakness, though, because I called it my, like my X factor, if you will. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the Patriots took uh, two wide receivers in the sixth round of the draft. Uh, we know how one of them is kind of turning out. But uh, the other one, Demario Douglas. You know, he's been playing well in camp. Uh, do I think he's going to be like a super impact player? No, because I think, you know, there's obviously three wide receivers better than him right now. Um, but I think, you know, maybe, you know, he has he has the potential to, you know, I guess be seen as a steal of the draft. I think he does have that potential. Uh, but is he going to be given the opportunity? Uh, not sure. Like I said, this offense is going to be very, very, man, I'm, I'm kind of losing my words here. Mediocre. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I guess, and that should maybe give him some opportunities. Because I mean, you know, you have Juju Smith-Schuster as your. I guess I'm not sure they playing him in the slot. He's gonna be wide receiver one. I'm really not sure. He's but, the, um, I don't think he's a good wide receiver one in the NFL. Uh, I mean, we kind of saw that mm-hmm. earlier. In this and like, unfortunately, as far as you, as as far as talent is concerned, um, and you know, he may be your wide receiver one. Or they got yeah. Devontae Parker, but. You know, speaking of coin flips, you flip a coin between them two as to who's wide receiver one, which sucks. You know, that sucks for you. Again, a good receiver, just probably not like true wide receiver one talent there. I do like Devontae Parker, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, they're over under, by the way, set at seven and a half. Um, I'm not sure that's gonna. That's interesting. I haven't really looked at the schedule. I'll say, I'll say over. I think you know it's rare for a Bill Belichick team to not. Um, you know, have like a winning record. I know they're no Mike. I know he's no Mike Tomlin as far as, far as like winning records are concerned. But uh, seven wins seems a little too low for this team. So I'll go with I think they can get eight. Um, might be might be a uh, you know like oof like it's getting sketchy eight, but I think they can do it. Yep. Yeah, and, and like you hit on. I mean, it's a Bill Belichick coach team. You never really want to doubt a Bill Belichick coach team. It's kind of like Nick Saban in college football. But at the end of the day, they just it's some you got to have tools to work with. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have those tools, I don't think. Yeah, well said, well said. Uh, I'm assuming your next team you have the Dolphins. I do not. Oh yeah, the Jets or the Bills. Okay, the Bills. You know how I feel about the Bills, man. Uh, yes, I don't know man. how you feel because I thought I thought I tried tried speaking highly of them to you one time and you weren't hearing it. So then I, I guess I'm I'm really confused how you feel about the Bills. Come on, dude. I'm a Joshy fan. Mm. I have narratives to push, okay? Anyway. All right. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, I do have the Jets, man. I'm not – how do I say it? I, I, I'm not as high on them as other people are. Um, I do think – I think they're going to be all right. I don't think they're going to be anything special. I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't have them as a wild card team. Um, obviously, going out and getting Aaron Rodgers is huge, but we saw Aaron Rodgers last year. He really wasn't that great. Uh, now, two years ago, he won the MVP, so maybe that's still in him, but he's not exactly getting younger. Uh, I, 
I don't know, man. I just don't see I don't see them making a run for the Super Bowl or anything like that. They have a great defense. Obviously, Robert Sala is the head coach, defensive money coach, also from the 49ers. Um, if you want to go be a head coach in the NFL, just go be the defense coordinator of the 49ers. But um, it, this is kind of a make-or-break year for him as well. Um, granted, they got a lot better last year, but they still have a lot to to prove to people. Um, and I just don't see it. I know I know Aaron Rodgers is one of the greats, dude. Like I, I get that. I don't take that lightly, but um, I don't know. I'm just not sold sold that he makes this team a playoff team, being that he didn't make the playoffs in a pretty weak division last year. All right, that's fair. Um, I will say, though, in the Packers, I had a question in his heart with the Packers. I think the Jets and watching um, Hard Knocks, you know, he obviously – is actually very excited to be there. I look at this Jets team. I see their record last year, 7-10, and 10, having a god-awful offense and a very solid defense. Now, what do this defense do to get better? Um, you know, they go out and draft Will McDonald, who is a, a le- legitimate. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, I guess like I'm falling in love with the hard knocks thing. I mean, dude's a, dude's a freaking animal. At least I know in preseason he's been tearing up. Um, so... You have a defense that you really didn't do anything to change because you didn't have to because they were arguably the best defense in the league last year. Um, you have an offense who sucked last year, an offense in which you didn't have Dalvin Cook. You went out and got him. Brees Hall got injured. He's back. Uh, Garrett Wilson had a terrible quarterback throwing to him. Now you get Aaron Rodgers. Um, how does this team not get better? How does this team not get better than 7-10? and 10? Uh you know, that's, uh, I, you know, they're over under set at nine and a half. I think they easily clear that. Um, you know, I think their weakness is obviously the offensive line, but, uh, you know, they were injured last year. Like I said, the injuries, injuries kind of hit this team hard and made them look a lot worse than they were. But I think offensive line is still going to be a weakness. And uh, hopefully Makai Becton can step it up, you know, do his thing. And uh, he's going to have a chance to prove himself this year. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, this team has just, just gotten better almost everywhere. Like I said, besides defense. Defense, they kind of stayed the same. But like I said, they really didn't have to do anything to change. Um, I mean, they had an excellent defense. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. It's just – it's hard for me to see a team that struggled on the offensive side that still managed to win seven games with a certain quarterback helming the offense. And now you get a two-time MVP who actually wants to be there. I don't know. I'm – that's it. Everyone's hot on the Jets. I am too. Yes, and like I said, I'm I'm hot on the Jets. Everyone is, but like I said, it's for good reason. Um, like I said, there's a lot of hype. Um, will they live up to the hype? I mean, I don't know because like I said, there's a lot of hype being put on this team. But do I think they get double digit wins? I think they could easily get double digit wins because they didn't win this division last year. You know, they I mean, they have they have a relatively easy schedule for, you know, a new high. I wouldn't call their offense super high powered, but. Is it better than where they finished last year? I think they finished like thirtieth last year. I mean, I I sure hope so. Like you said, you get Brees Hall back, you got Dalvin Cook in the backfield, Aaron Rodgers throwing to Garrett Wilson. Um, I don't know. I, f- I fail to see where this team doesn't make the playoffs if they don't. Um, you know, they need to just blow, whole, blow the whole team up again or something. I really don't know. What Dude, I, I don't know I what just, they need to do. I don't know. I'm just not. A, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. But he's just kind of a weird guy, man. Like, 
one week he he might want to play for the Jets. The next week he might say, nah, I don't want to play for y'all. And I get questioning his heart with the Packers, I do. But at the same time, like, he is getting old, man. Like, he's not he's not the Aaron Rodgers of uh, that was younger. And a bad O-line with an old Aaron Rodgers is not the greatest uh, mixture for me. Um, like I said, could this team make the playoffs? Absolutely, 100%. Um, but I'm kind of high on the Dolphins too, so it makes it hard for me to put them in. But I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. That's that's one team I don't understand why people are high on is the Dolphins. I think they're a really good team, but I think in, you know in a stacked AFC East, man. I mean, you'd be lucky to finish third in that division. I mean, obviously, fourth place and first place are pretty much settled in that division. You know, second place is going to be a nice little battle. Again, I, really, I guess it really wouldn't surprise me that both those second and third teams make the playoffs if they take those wild. No, it would, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all either. And that's kind of where you I got you got a walk. We got walking CT at your quarterback who wasn't good to begin with. I mean, jeez, <laughs> this is good, good luck, Miami. Yes, I mean, look, I'm not the biggest fan of Tua, but dude, when he was healthy, he oh. was he was. A oh, player. it just so happens when they got Tyreek Hill, Tua became good. Oh, surely it wasn't the wide receivers making him look good. Surely he had go ahead. beforehand. Go ahead. Who? Surely. Who? Who? Waddle? Waddle? Yes. I mean, he had Waddle, but that's not exactly a wide receiver one caliber player. Yeah, maybe that's why he didn't look so good, you know, until his CTE season. People were doubting him before Tyreek Hill came on the team, and there was a reason for that. So, I mean, to say, I don't know. You, know, you, have, you, have, you have probably the second best wide receiver core in the league. You know, so yeah, so I mean, and that's why that's part of the reason I'm so high on him. Plus, <laughs> but to say the quarterback I don't like himself coach, is, though. I hate Mike McDaniel, dude. God, I can't stand Mike McDaniel. To, I mean, I don't know. To say Tua is, where would you rank him if you had to say like a like a top five, top eight, top ten, top fifteen? Top where 15. would you put him? Okay, okay, okay. I I can. Let me think. I can get behind that. Okay. I don't think he's like some elite quarterback, but I think he's good for what they. Okay, need. okay, okay. Then we're on the same boat. The way you were talking about him, you really had me worried. I thought you were saying. No, no. Like, <laughs> I mean, like I don't think he's going to go. Out I didn't think you're. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think you were saying he was Justin Herbert level or something like that. But I, you know, I didn't. I don't know. He's like a tier like three, tier four quarterback for me. I would say tier two for me, which I would say. Oh, how many quarterbacks you got in each because, tier? Well, I, I, I put four tiers, but. Starting quarterback. Oh, oh. I think of like a pyramid just, with like six or seven. Ah, yeah. Like I see tiers. what you're saying. I see what you're doing. Yeah, there's like there's saying. like less at the top and like the more tiers you go down, the more there are in the tiers. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, but yeah, Tua. I mean, he's good enough for what they need. Uh, Mike McDaniel <laughs> is a great play caller. As much as I don't care for him. Uh, he's a weird guy, but he is a good yeah, play I caller. I hate him. I hate him too. <laughs> I do too. Man. He's so strange. But he, like I said, he is a good play caller. Uh, I think he's he what that offense needs with with Tyreek Hill with Jalen Waddle. Um, at the addition of Devon A. Chain is huge for him. That adds more speed for him. Um, I mean, they are just they fly around everywhere offensively. Um, I, like I said, I. I, I did kind of flip a coin on them and the Jets. Uh, 
not not actually flip a coin, but it was tough for me to decide which one I wanted to go with. I just went with the one that kind of showed me more last year, and mm-hmm. it was the Dolphins for me. Uh, granted, this is all hinging on why. Tua Tungabailoa staying healthy for once in his life. Um, <laughs> Gangsan Tua. <laughs> oh, I was going to save that for whenever I started talking, but I couldn't help it. Let me start off by saying Choose this your fighter, Tua. Gangsan Jawa or Gangsan Tua. <laughs> Gangsan Tua, definitely. <laughs> mm. Mm. Anyway, um, let me say this about Tua. Tua is probably the only Alabama former Alabama player that I actually like. Um I mean he is a super like spell his last name then. Spell his last name. T A G O I No 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 you can't look at it now you can't I'm not looking at it I promise you I promise you I promise you I'm not looking at it. T A G O V A I L O A yeah, you looked at it. I prom- I swear on everything. And you still I did. got it wrong. Did I? No, you got it right because you're looking at it. Anyways, continue. It. Continue. Spell his first name. Know. Spell his first name. Oh no, I'm not spelling his first legal name. No. <laughs> I don't pronounce his first. No. Name. <laughs> his parents must have hated him or something. I'll give you they a thousand dollars. Whatever, whatever ancient Hawaiian god they got, they freaking asked him for a name, and he just mumbled something, and they're like, "What? Oh, just write it down. Write it down." I wonder if his brother's last first name. Uh, you got to think they're similar. You can't think one of them, you know, one of them's got this long, you know, I don't, I don't, and it don't, it don't matter. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent here. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm going to just go with the Dolphins over the Jets. Uh, obviously, it's subject okay. to change, okay. especially considering when Gang Santua comes out. Um, just an unreal statement from Zach Woodall. But yeah, he is injury prone. Has always been. Uh, hopefully, this is the year he keeps it together. I do. I think he's probably the only Alabama player that I actually like. Just super likable guy. Wish the best for him. I think that's kind of what put me over the edge for the Dolphins instead of the Jets. Not a, the biggest fan of Rogers. I think dude's kind of weird. So, um, but on the same hand, I. I cannot stand their head coach, Mike McDaniel. I hope he gets fired this year. Yeah. Um. So like they're over under set at nine and a half. I think they go over. Like I said, AFC East is going to be is going to be rocking this year. Um. I would see the strength of the Dolphins. I'm not even going to talk too much. Everyone knows that's the wide receiver core. Uh. I mean. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it much. Uh, weakness. Uh, just ask Tua. Uh, it's the offensive line. Um. <laughs> the offensive line get any better? Um, no, they didn't really do uh, much, unfortunately, for Tua. I know Tua, Tua was, was just shaking during draft night, hoping they'd draft some offensive linemen during free agency. He was begging. Um, you know, I think having Toronto Armstead healthy should help you, at least. Yeah, when has Toronto Armstead <laughs> ever been healthy? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, I was about to say. I, mean, I should know that as a Saints fan. <laughs> yes, yeah, so is going to have to like jump on his back while he's healthy, and that'll be like his only protection. Um, and like I mean, hopefully you have a healthy tour. If you do, you easily get double digit wins. If not, um, yeah, you're, you're going to be kind of looking like last year. 
Um, like I said, I really feel bad for two and all his injuries. I mean, they have like head injury after head injury after head injury all in one season that bad. Lower body injuries too. Yeah. And I mean, well, oh, I mean, I, I just, I mean, in, in terms of like his straight up, like, like, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me, you know, don't laugh, but it wouldn't shock me if, you know, he's the next person we see have a documentary because he went out and killed his family from all the CTE. Yeah. I know. Mean, I agree. I mean, to have that many injuries and, you know, the whole controversy, I forgot what happened, but I think like he got cleared way too soon. And then sure enough, he got injured right back again. And everyone like looked at the NFL and was like, or like, you know, not the players association, but like. They looked at, I guess, the Miami Dolphins. I know there's like investigations and everything. Um, it was bad, uh, you know. But uh, supposedly he never even went into concussion protocol. Like it was not a concussion <laughs> against the Bills, which is just asinine to say. Um, I mean, if you watch that game, there's absolutely no freaking way that had nothing to do with the dude's head. He said, "Yeah, man." I mean, come on, man. Come on, the dude was out. He, I mean, he was like freaking. Alexander Volkov against mm-hmm. Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, it was bad. Like, obviously, the injuries concern you. Um, I mean, dude, I don't know. I guess that he's so young too. At a certain point, you got to look after yourself. Either, even Andrew Luck retired because he knew it was the right thing to do. Um, I think he considered it this year. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good thing. He needs to if it, if the same thing that happened last season, which I mean was just crazy what happened to him last season. So I doubt that really ever happens to him again. Uh, not a head injury in general. I just mean not many, oh, you know, cons- consecutively. I mean, that's just that's just sad. Bad. Yeah, I know. And it's not even it was like people were doing it on purpose. It was just like he was just straight up like getting ragdolled by defenses. And it's not like they were like trying to hurt him. It's just that his offensive line just hated him or something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I'm, uh, Eagles, I'm. I mean, he just fell. Like mm-hmm. it's not yeah. even like either one of those hits were vicious. I mean, both he just kind of got pushed down and. His head whipped into the turf. That's what that's what I'm saying. He's got that um, he's got a glass chin. He's got the Chuck Liddell in the uh, late stages of his career chin. But he's um, neck workouts, yeah, or something. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, overall, um, you know, obviously concerns for Tua and his health. But uh, other than that, I think the Dolphins. Uh, you pretty much touch on everything, Peyton. I think the Dolphins will also be a good team, just like the Jets. Um, you know, do I think either of them will be as good as our number one team? I don't think so. Uh, that is the Buffalo Bills. The fighting Josh Allen's, um, the fighting Demar Hamlin's, yes, and uh, gang sign Demar. Yeah, T Higgins needs to. Was it T Higgins <laughs> that put that put him out? Yes. Okay, well, yeah, T mean, Higgins. Needs, I mean, T Higgins needs to be put six under six feet under the field. Yeah, this is coming from a Ravens fans guy. Ravens fan guy. <laughs> oh, dude, when I saw it was <laughs> T Higgins, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I was like, yes. Would have been better if it was like Jamar Chase or Joe Burrow that did it. But anyways, <laughs> um, no, you know it would have been perfect if it was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Oh no! <laughs> Two time killer, Clyde Edward Delaire. But oh uh, yeah, anyway, so got Buffalo as my number one team. They're over under set at ten and a half. By the way, I think both me and you would probably agree they go over that. Um, their biggest weakness uh, may be kind of surprising to hear, but I mean, you have a team this good. Obviously, a weakness may seem, um, you know, not that weak compared to other teams, and that is their receiver depth. Um, you know. Gabe Davis is good. Obviously, we're not going to talk about Stephon Diggs. I, mean, I think, you know, he's had his drama this offseason. You know, people question if he's, you know, really all there for the Bills and Josh Allen because, you know, he's been, you know, he's been, he's kind of have the he's kind of had the James Harden approach 
where he's just you know he just talks crap about everyone in the organization. Fat suit. But um, I'm sorry. He hadn't, he hadn't brought out the fat suit yet though. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Gabe Davis. Don't get me wrong, Gabe Davis is good. But you know he's not he's no Stephon Diggs, and then after Gabe Davis, I mean it's a huge drop off in wide receivers. But um, you know it's kind of like, am I going to say Patrick Mahomes is going to have a bad year because he doesn't have good receivers? Absolutely not. So like I said, I mean for this to be the weakness, I mean you know you're pretty you know you're pretty good, pretty good offish, pretty well off I should say. Um, you know and speaking of Josh Allen, you know obviously I think he's the biggest strength. I mean he's, uh, I mean man, it's it's. I'm, it, it is, I'm, I'm in all of this guy. He's, um, Patrick Mahomes was never born Josh Allen to be the best quarterback in the league. Um, you know, am I going to have, I'm going to say he's going to be the best quarterback in the league this year. Absolutely not. He just got put on the cover of Madden. We know how that's going to turn out. Something's going to happen to him this season, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Um, I, I hope it's not that bad. Hopefully, you know, it's something, something minor, you know, like a paper cut or something. That'd be, that'd be ideal. But um, yeah, Josh Allen is that guy. You know, he he's a do it all kind of guy. You know, he as much as as much as he can, you know, air it out. He can also, you know, ship it to you on the ground. Um, air it out. What's he airing out? Anyways, <laughs> um, and they got they got Dalton, Dalton Kincaid. I know mm. a lot of people are um high on him. I like Dalton Kincaid a lot. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are, and I like him too. And that's why it's um. Pretty uh, what round? What round? Did, wait, hold, wait, when did they get him? He, I think he was their first round pick. Huh? First round, yeah, he was in the so you're talking, uh, twenties, mid twenties. Oh yeah, but I mean, like a team like the Bills. I mean, screw it, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, you got I mean, Dawson Knox, which is, is just, which isn't bad. But I mean, it's a you know, yeah, it's kind I mean, of like pretty good tight end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, you got Don Kincaid on your team now for um, Ro- not Rodgers. I'm sorry for Josh Allen. He's essentially uh, like, a freaking second. Or not second, but another receiver in a way. He's like a kid or yeah, I was about to say exactly. He's gonna be used he's definitely gonna be used more as a um as a uh pass catcher than like a blocker. So that's obviously what they drafted him for. But yeah, um and then like you already touched on earlier, uh Buffalo Bills defense solid. Um, you know, there's almost no holes there. I think their linebackers could be a little bit better. Um about I mean, even I don't know. I don't know. Even that's that's not saying much. I said not saying much, but that's not like, and then that's not like oh, aim for the middle of the field because the linebackers are weak. I don't know, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, when you're calling yeah. uh, Milano like the weak part of the the team, I mean, he's still a pretty good linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't know. Maybe maybe their defensive backs are the weak point. I really don't know. I hate. I don't know what to call the weak point of this of the defense. Von Miller's going to be out for a little bit. That that can be of concern. Maybe yeah, I don't know. I mean, they picked him up like what um, halfway through last year, anyway, and it's not like or was yeah, he a season signing? No, he was. I think that uh, yeah, I think they got him a free agency. But I mean, you know, even he wasn't. You know, Von, Von Miller is Von Miller. So for what it's worth, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, overall, good team. Um, you know, it's hard for it's hard not it's hard not to see him as a one or two seed. So yeah, yeah. Good, good job, Buffalo Bills. Keep it up. You're doing. I said not much has changed for this team, so I don't expect their outcome to change that much either. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. I think the weakness of the team last year was kind of the defense, just because they had so many injuries. Um. Uh, but 
now they're back healthy. I think they're I mean they were the best defense in the in the NFL a few years back. Um I'd look for them to kind of return to that form. I mean they had no offense to DeMar Hamlin. I know he went through one of the biggest uh, scares on the NF, NFL history, but uh dude is not he's starting. not that guy. Yeah, he's not <laughs> he's not, he's not he, Let's be real. He barely made the fifty-three man roster. <laughs> no, that can't be NFL made a huge post like yeah. breaking. Demar Hamlin makes fifty-three man roster, and people I will say people are saying they're treating him like a Make a Wish kid. No, I mean they are, <laughs> and look, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, come on, he man. barely made the fifty-three come man on, roster, man. and he was starting for him last year, uh, towards the end of the year. So I think one, the defense is going to be healthy aside from Von Miller, but even with without Von Miller, I think their pass rush is still going to be good. Um. I mean, you got Tredavious White, Micah Hyde in the secondary. Those are two studs. Um, Josh Allen, stud. Um, even, I mean, once they start winning, Stephon Diggs will be all right. So, yeah, he's, just one, mm-hmm. he's, just a, he's just a wide receiver, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Wide receivers are all deepest. Um, but, yeah, once they start winning, look for Stephon Diggs to be happy again. Um Josh Allen, I'm a huge fan of. He needs to cut down on some of the interceptions, I will say. Um, I think he does. I think he's a good enough player. I think he's a smart enough guy to to cut down on those. Um, man, I look for him to be back in the AFC Championship this year. They actually are my number two seed. All right. Well, then with that being said, we can move on to, I guess – one of the teams that would be your fourth seed, I assume, and from the AFC North? Yes. So, coming in dead last in the AFC North, um, which this team could be coming dead last, and sadly they could probably win the division, um, the Browns. I mean, it's just kind of like, how many years can you have a really good roster and just suck? It's kind of like Texas and Texas A&M in, in college football. Like, how many years in a row can you just underwhelm the entire world? I can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> I mean, Miles Garrett, you wasted his entire prime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, as much as people hate him, Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. And, uh, I'm sorry, but Deshaun Watson, Deshaun, don't touch me down there. Exactly, he has a full season to get right with the team now um, and learn the system and all. I think they're going to be a lot better. They just picked up, they picked up Amari Cooper, or did they have him last year? When was that deal made? Yes, they had him last year. Yes. So Amari Cooper is your good receiver, your number one receiver. You have David Njoku, who I think is a good tight end for you. Um, Nick Chubb, great running back. On paper, I mean, they're a really good team, just if you go off the roster. But like I said, how many years can you just – They have a Super Bowl roster. Yeah, they. Re- I mean, they really do. They really do. They have the past seven years, too, it seems like. But they just suck. I don't get it. So, I have a, an asterisk next to them. I have mm-hmm. them coming in last in the AFC North, but they could come in first, too. I just – I don't – I mean, it's kind of like A&M in Texas, again. I, they could come in last in the Big 12 in the SEC, but they could, they could win it. They could win the championship. I, I don't know, man. Like, mm-hmm. it's so weird. 
Yeah, and the whole the whole entirety of the AFC North will probably be the most competitive division in AFC, and um, and amazingly, I think most most of these teams may, I I could see I could see, hmm, I could see every single one of these teams having a winning record, which is just crazy to say for a single division, um, you know, uh, but. Yes, I also have the Browns coming in last. They're over unders, by the way, set at eight, eight and a half. Uh, I've seen some books have them at nine and a half. Um, I think regardless, uh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting tired of Sean Watson, so I'm going to lean there under. Um, but you know, thankfully for you know Chubb and Deshaun, they have probably one of the better offensive lines in the league, um, for what it's worth. And they have had you know the best offensive line for a while now. It seems like it doesn't matter who they put there; they just it just it just seems to click. Uh, not weakness. Uh, outside of Amari Cooper, who do you have a wide receiver? I mean, you have, you know, Peoples-Jones. Um, uh, you got Elijah Moore from the Jets, who was, you know, just completely forgotten about on the Jets, which, I mean, I guess is now, you know, not the worst thing when you have Zach Wilson at quarterback, you know, to be forgotten, you know, it kind of it, it eases the pain a little bit because, you know, that he, you know, to have a bad quarterback forget about you, it's not, it's not like, you know, Aaron Rodgers forgetting about you or like – you know, Peyton Manning for, like forgot about you. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, it's, it's a quarterback who had no idea what he was doing. But well, let's, um, not, let's not forget Elijah Moore was one of the first receivers taken in his respective draft. I mean, the dude's uh, – I, I would say a breakout candidate, but, I mean, there's potential there for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, he people kind of see him as a Debo Samuel, and I get it because he can be used as a um, – you know, he's a multifaceted wide receiver. He can, you know, easily run the ball – you know, do a jet sweeps or whatever, like wildcat formations. Um, and like I said, I, th- I, I, I think he's a good wide receiver too. Uh, you know, I think people have kind of forgotten about him, but I think he kind of gets a little bit reju- rejuvenated in a, a decently high-powered offense. Uh, and, you know, they, they went out and got uh, Cedric Tillman too. But like I said, you know, making all these moves for wide receiver, you know, kind of, you know, it obviously showed what their weak point was on this roster. And uh, I still think it is probably their weak point. But – um, you know, the X factor for this team, we already talked about him, Deshaun Watson. Um, man, he, he even when he has been playing, he doesn't look like a Texans Deshaun Watson, who, you know, the Browns completely overpaid for to trade and overpaid from overpaid and just in general. Um so yeah, I don't know. Browns Browns are a weird team. You know, it's it's kind of hard to judge them just because the roster looks so good, but they never, never produce never produce how they should mm-hmm. um but they are they, i mean they're getting better and better i mean let's remember just you know a few or several years ago they were the team who was celebrating um you know a single win yeah and like like a tie too and it was you know so uh they've come a long way obviously the re- the rebuilds over you just you have to put your pieces together and it really sucks for you that you're in the AFC North that's that's kind of the that's kind of the backbreaker for the Browns that's also probably the backbreaker for any of the teams in the AFC North is that you have to play in the AFC North. Because, um, you know, usually one team is a punching bag, and there's really no obvious team this year that's a punching bag. Um, no. You know, um, you know, people aren't aren't too high on the Steelers, who I have as my third team. Yep, uh, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm high on them. I, I think uh, I think they make the playoffs. I You know, it's – it's going to be, you know, a heck of a playoffs. push. Yes. It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be playoffs? a heck of a push. You kidding the me? Over-under set it over in half, eight and a half, and I, yeah, I think I think they hit their over. Um, so, look, your your weakness is 
<laughs> your weakness is probably your defensive backs. Uh, look, you go out and get a uh, how old is Patrick Peterson? Mid thirties. He's mid thirties, and he's your best cornerback. Man, that sucks. That sucks. I'm sorry for you, but um, hey, you're still on the you're still on the Steelers defense though. The, do the Steelers ever have a bad defense? Free no. They yeah, still exactly. have Minka, don't they? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm to my knowledge, unless something happened to him. But yeah. Um, and then on top of that, uh, you know, you had a really good defense last season, and you know, guess guess who missed most of last season. Uh, probably your best defensive player, TJ Watt. Um, you know, so you got him coming back. Your pass rush is going to be dominant as ever. Like I said, your cornerbacks are a little bit, a little concerned. But um, and like I said, that's that's a that's a crappy position to have concern with, considering you have Joe Burrow, Lamar, and Deshaun in your league. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, your division. Um, but you know, on the flip side, um. I think, you know, you go out and get Jerry Porter in the draft. And, you know, like I said, the corners are a weak spot, so I, I expect to see him out there. Um, you know, impressed at uh, – he impressed at Penn State. Um, so, you know, I think he should I think he should be able to get see some playing time on that defense, and uh, especially for a weak secondary. And um, George Pickens, man, everyone loves some George Pickens. I don't – I've never – I haven't heard one guy say one bad thing about George Pickens. It, just in general speaking, you know, obviously he has holes in his game, sure. But I guess I just mean in general. Like, um, everyone's high on George Pickens, I think, for good reason, too. Um, for a guy like Kenny Pickett, at quarterback, you know, um, you need a guy like George Pickens that, um, you know, he can throw to when he's in a bind. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to say nine times out of ten – Pickens makes the catch, but you know it's uh, um, you know he's he's a good guy you he, you like to throw to, so you know I think of all the pieces can click, and uh, I mean they didn't do terrible last year. What they were they were nine and eight last year. I mean I think they kind of finish around the same. Maybe they get double digit wins. That's, I don't know. Um, I think I think they can sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they're my sneaky pick. They're they're my sneaky pick. Am I saying they win the division? Absolutely not. I got them third. But um, yeah, that's uh that's my rundown of the Steelers. I don't know how you feel about them. Yeah, so I feel the same way. Uh George Pickens, big athletic, strong receiver. Uh still not super refined yet. Um he's getting there, but still not I mean, he's still not complete as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I feel like that's a lot. Of their team, I think they're a pretty young team. You got Najee Harris, who I, I do like. Najee Harris, mm-hmm. uh, just young guy, no offensive line, sadly for him. Um, Kenny Pickett, young guy, looks to be the future of the team. Defense is always going to be solid. Um, Mike Tomlin's a great head coach. I don't think they make the playoffs though. I think they come close, but I, I just, you know how I feel about like young people. Um, Versus experience, I think they're just a little bit too young um, on the offensive side of the ball to make the playoffs. But Deontay Johnson, another great receiver for them. Um, I think I think they're going to be a very good team. They're going to com- be competitive in most every game they play. Um, I just I feel like they just missed the playoffs, not by much, but just missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said this, but I did have the Dolphins making the wild card. Yeah, I think you. I think you mentioned it because it um it kind of, well, because I think you had the Jets in third, and that threw me off. So then I just assumed you had the Dolphins in the playoffs. Yeah, so I have nobody from the AFC South making the wild card. 
or I, should, I mean the Jaguars are in my playoffs, of course, but nobody making the wild card. And then I have one from each other division making the wild card. So, so heading up there. Um, but I do think the the Ravens and the Steelers just miss out on the playoffs. Um, but that that'll be that I I'll use that to go to my next team, which is the Ravens. I think they finished ju- like just behind the Bengals. Um, I just put the Bengals over the the Ravens just because of the past few years. Um, it's really hard to bet against the Bengals. Ravens, I mean, they've done a great job. They, they, you got Lamar Jackson. It's hard to bet against Lamar Jackson. They've gotten better. Um, and better at receiver this year with Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham. Defense is always going to be a Ravens defense. You got rid of Greg Roman, which is, I mean, that's good enough for two more wins already. Um, I think Mark Andrews is still there. I I, I know he is. I, I'm not saying I think, but um, yeah, I think they're going to be a, a really really good football team again. I think they make the wild card. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I said, it's and it's going to be a very close fight for number one in that division. Like I said, this is um probably be the most competitive division in the AFC. And it's going to be very entertaining. It's going to come down to the wire. You know, usually, there's a reason the NFL usually makes the Ravens and the Bengals or like, you know, either way they make AFC North player uh, teams. You know, you know they they really like back like backload their schedule. Uh, you know, just to like really makes you like think it's going to come down to the wire. Like, oh, who's going to win? Because I mean, it always it usually does come down to the wire. Um, yeah, obviously strength for the Baltimore Ravens doesn't really need to be said because um, Greg Roman did his best to make it clear. It's the ground game. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson signs this huge contract. Now you get J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Sill. Um, and then you go, you got, um, you know, Mitchell coming in from preseason looking great. Um, yeah, uh, and a solid offensive line for them to run behind. Even with a new offensive scheme, this ground game is still going to be one of the best in the league. Now, um, a weakness for this team, um, you know, for the first time in a while, I have to question the defense. And uh, the question of the defense of the Baltimore Ravens is insane. Um, I mean, they pretty much, you know, showed – they showed the NFL that defense, um, you know, is just as important as offense because, um, you know, the first Super Bowl they won, I mean, they they got there on the back of their defense. Their offense was, you know, for crap. And, I mean, the defense brought it there. And ever since then, I mean, like I said, ever since the you know, Baltimore Ravens became a thing, I think their defense has been – you know, the high point. But, um, you know, I look at the cornerbacks. You know, Marlon Humphrey, you know, had a surgery or whatever. He's out. Mm. Um, all the all the defensive backs, all the defensive backs suck. Um, and, and Marlon Humphrey, uh, you know, he's not even Marlon Humphrey anymore. He's not, you know, like a great cornerback. Um, you know, he had a very, you know, down year last year. Does he bounce back? He could. Um, I don't think he's going to have, you know, like super awesome production like he did for like two years in a row. Then, um. You know, on top of that, um, you know, the pass rush for this defense is going to be a little sketchy because, you know, we didn't really see much of anything last year from the pass rush, uh, mainly because Michael Pierce, you know, huge nose tackle, which was, you know, obviously huge for him, got injured. Uh, Jobo, um, you know, high hopes for him. But obviously, you know, obviously he was taken on. He was drafted as more of a project than anything, you know, coming off an injury um, from Michigan, I believe. Yeah. Very good, very, very good player at Michigan before he got injured. Yeah, but, I mean, absolutely. He had a catastrophic injury. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, the fact I'm pretty sure he was still taken in the second round, which you know is just like it goes a lot to show, 
shows a lot that his talent, you know, it, it is where it is. And then you have Odafe Owe. Yeah, for sure. Who, you know, there's a top 15 pick, by the way. Yeah. Before you, yeah, you, you have Odafe Owe, you know, who, like, he really needs to have some uh, big leaps because uh, he showed flashes. You know, he showed flashes, but he just, he isn't, unfortunately, he didn't turn, he's not turning out to be who, you know, who the Ravens thought he'd be. But now you get, you know, a um, past his prime Jadavion Clowney in the mix. Um, you know, adds that veteran presence. Maybe that's what they needed. Um, and then, you know, you, like I say, you get rid of the terrorist that is Greg Roman. You add Isaiah Flowers, Odell Beckham to your offense. Um, you know, Lamar, this report's coming out that he's never been happier. So, yeah, uh, I think for a team whose offense, like I, said, I think the defense will be okay. Don't I know I've talked a lot of crap about the defense. That's just because I'm a Ravens fan. I'm a little bit more hard on them than, you know, a normal NFL fan would be. But, uh, you know, I still think the defense is going to be solid. I don't think they're going to be league-winning defense like they usually are. But, um, you know, I think their offense takes a huge step up, which was getting them into trouble last year. I mean, let's be, we had Greg Roman, um, you know, telling Tyler Huntley to dive over the line of scrimmage in a wild-card game against, you know, one of the best defensive lines in the league. So, you know. It's on third and four. Yeah, and so that just that just goes to show, um, you know, and the tweet, the tweet. I know I'll I'll, I'll never forget this when a when a Broncos, you know, the Ravens played the Broncos, and a Broncos fan had to tweet out and said, "Okay, Ravens, you win. You have the worst offensive coordinator I've ever seen." Coming from a Broncos fan, that meant a lot. I was a little proud. Tear came down my eye. Um, you know, uh, people were you know calling for Greg Roman's head. I understand. Um, you know, I was with them. Uh, you know, not many people. I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Um, yeah, so their win total set like over at like eight and a half. I mean, God, dude, they clear that by a mile. Um, you know, I say, you know, them and the Bengals are going to be, you know, it's going to come down to who beats who the most. Um, it could be a one and one between them two. I mean, I say it's it's going to be hard, hard not to pick the Bengals for the third to win the division third year in a row. Uh, you know, behind obviously Joe Burrow and the amazing wide receiver core and the tight end play too. Yeah. Um, I know people love to meet Rodham. I get it. Um, you know, he was back practicing today, which is good. Very good news for the Bengals. I know they're a little worried. Um, but, yeah, I mean, guess what? You you have probably the best wide receiver room in the NFL. Um, and you got Joe Burrow passing to them. Uh, you couldn't you couldn't ask for anything better. And now you have, you know, Irv Smith Jr. coming in at tight end alongside Drew Sample. Um, you know, congratulations. Your offensive line's looking even better. Um, I know they're excited about Orlando Brown Jr. Um, you know, I was a fan of him for a year, and then he started becoming a prima donna. Then he went to the Chiefs, didn't do too well. Um, now he's on the uh, – no, I'm sorry. Now he's on the offensive line for the Bengals, which I'm happy about. I hope we bull rush him every single play and watch him cry, and we can kill Joe Burrow. That'd be awesome. Um, but uh, you know, that's not really their weakness, though. Uh, their weakness is obviously their defense, uh, mainly their safety. Um, safeties, I should say, because you lose Jesse from last year, yes. And um, but you know, you lose Jesse Bates and Von Bell to free agency, which sucks. Um, you know, uh, you got Daxton Hill, who's a first rounder from last year, and then now you got you got Nick Scott coming in and Jordan Battle. Um, are, are any of these people proven? Absolutely not. Um, we could, yeah, I mean, we could see. I don't know. I, th- I figured they use him more as a as a cornerback than a safety, but um, I could see him switch. I don't know. Anyways, um, trying not to get too caught up in that. Uh, obviously, the defensive defensive side of the ball, 
is going to be another very another very big question mark for the for the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, unfortunately, defense is just as big as your offense. You know, you can score as many touchdowns as you want, but if you let that many go too, um, then you can't expect to win games. Um, so you know, uh, like I said, the defensive line is good. Defensive line is you know solid as always. Uh, but it's like, you know the further further back in the defense you get, I mean, in terms of like you know you go from line of scrimmage and you work away back yards, um, you know, Bengals Bengals struggle mightily, and for in terms of the uh, and defensive backs. But uh, you know, uh, you know, I was talking about Orlando Brown Jr. earlier, so we need to touch on it. Their offensive line, uh, can they keep uh, Joe Burrow healthy? I think they'll be. I think they're slowly improving. Uh, you know, obviously the Bengals went out, spent a lot of money on the offensive line. And uh, to their advantage, Joe Burrow does like quick passes. So, uh, you know, I think Joe Burrow will be okay this season. Like I said, I think they're getting better and better and better at that position. But then, um, <laughs> but, you know, Joe Burrow's got to protect himself now too. He got hit by cast with the ghost in practice and was out for a month. So, you know, offense – and uh, and I know the offensive line got blamed for that. I would blame them too. But, um, so yeah, as long as Joe Burrow can stay healthy, there's no reason to think – that the uh, Bengals aren't a um, aren't the winners of this division, but um, like I said Ravens will make it competitive, and uh, but yeah, so oh uh, they're oh they're over under set at eleven and a half by the way. I'm not sure what their schedule is, but I think they can I think they can get twelve wins. You know, I feel like if you lose more than five games as the Bengals, then some bad injuries have had to have hit you. Yep, uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with a lot of those things. Um, they kept. As much as I'm not a big fan of him, they do keep Joe Mixon, who is a good running back. Um, their offensive line just got better. Um, they keep all their weapons in Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. Actually just locked up T. Higgins with an extension, uh, which next year is going to be interesting with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase coming up soon after that. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe Jamar Chase next year, huh? Three-year contract. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, it'll be that'll be interesting down the line. But for this year, they do keep all their weapons. Um, Joe Burrow is going to be Joe Burrow, I think. Um, great quarterback. I I just find it hard to believe that they're going to fall off enough to not win the division. I think the Ravens will push it, like you said, and keep it close. But I think ultimately they'll get the uh, they'll get it done in the division. Um, I think they'll be right back there in the AFC Championship again. Yeah, it should be should be fairly interesting. The defense was um, upgraded because they got rid of Eli Apple. Right, but they also lost. I, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to see a defense that didn't really upgrade, automatically got know. upgraded because they got rid of Eli Apple automatically. I mean, yeah, Eli Apple's not playing anymore, but also you know, like not having Jesse Bates and no, I know. Really, Speaking of really, Eli, really Apple, real quick, quick tangent. Did you see where his um, supposed baby mama said that she? Yeah, I, yes, I sent it to you. That's right. But yes, uh, where his baby mama is like, "Oh my goodness, yes, please injure this man. I will pay you. Um, I'll pay your fine." Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> pretty. That, yes, that was pretty crazy though. But hey, I mean, even his baby mom is against him. That's what I'm talking about. That's all I need to see to know that this is a truly evil man, and this is he could be the next Jeffrey Dahmer, and I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure of it. Yes. Um, 
<laughs> we'll move on to the last division, Toast. which is the AFC West. Um, <laughs> I Apple. Which I do think, me too, which I do think is the best division in the uh, AFC. Um, I think it has been for a few years now. Maybe not the most competitive, but the best. I don't know if that completely makes sense, but... Um, it, it does make sense, and because of that reasoning, I think you're wrong, but please continue. Anyway, um, so I'll start off with my bottom. I think it's pretty obvious who the bottom team is, the Chiefs. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. The Raiders, <laughs> obviously, just there you go. Mahomes, more like Mahu. Uh. <laughs> um, the Raiders are in pretty much full rebuild, rebuild mode. I mean, they got um, most of their players, like decent players, asking for trades now. They got Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, who I'm not sold on at all. He's more of like a bridge quarterback. Um, yeah, they're not good defensively. They're not good offensively. They're not a good team. Period. Um, yeah, they're they're, they're going to come in last in the West. I don't. I mean, this this division's way too good to even consider them coming in anything but last. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, just like you said, I think the competition in this division just really sucks for them. So, do I think they're the worst team in the league? Absolutely not. I still think they're in the bottom, like bottom third of the league, but I mean, just barely. Yeah, I don't think and they're I'm worse thinking. than say the Colts. Oh yeah, no, no, not at all. But it kind of goes back to what you said: is that this division is just so good that it's hard to, you know, say that oh they're the worst team in the division. Well, they, you know, they're nowhere near the worst team in the league. I can guarantee you that. I mean, like I said, I you know I have them in the upper twenties or by upper twenty. I'm sorry, lower twenties. However you want to see it, like in the, anywhere from like the twenty to twenty three range as far as rankings are concerned. But um, yeah, uh, like you said, uh, defense sucks, offense sucks. Well, I say offense sucks, but I mean they got Josh Jacobs a running back, very solid, and their wide receiver play is is you know next level, and their tight ends obviously. Um, you know, tight end? I mean uh, they no, have they, they traded Darren Waller, right? But they have Hunter Renfro. Um, he's a wide you know, receiver, not a tight end. Oh, I'm sorry, Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper, and have um um I must have missed that bad don't they have um, Austin Hooper? That dude's been bouncing around the league the last few years. But, uh, Ma, who's the who's the who's the cat from Notre Dame? Oh, they got uh Michael Mayer. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, they got Michael, Michael. They got Michael Mayer. Um, I think he'll, he'll probably definitely get a lot of solid playing time. Not to say that the Titans blow; he's just going to be automatic starter. But uh, anyways, yeah, I think so. I think just their their whole like catching core, if you will, not just wide receivers, but just uh, pass catchers, if you will. Uh, very very big strength for the Raiders, which is a you know pretty big, pretty big plus for Jimmy G, who is gonna you know th- this this team starts and stops with the Jimmy G. You know you if he's good, then they they blow everyone's expectations out of the water. Um, which as far as expectations are concerned, they're over under win total set at seven and a half. Um, but yeah, you know this team mm-hmm. is weird because you know like last year it's like uh, Derek Carr said, like, yeah man, I really want Devontae Adams, and then you know all of a sudden boom, they trade him to the Saints. So. Or Derek Carr, I mean, not Devontae Adams. So, and now you got Jimmy Welcome G as your quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, but like I said, it's just it's just weird because you know outside of, outside of Max Crosby, what you know, what good is your defense? You know, no good. Uh, you know, hate to be like that, but I mean, you know, this defense, uh, this defense, this defense ain't stopping nobody. Um, no. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Worst team in the division. By far, probably, um, just cause, mainly because I expect you know this next team or my next team, the Denver Broncos, to have a uh, pretty significant step up in their um 
uh, they got that. I I hope for their sake they're better than last season. I I pray they're better than last season. Yep. I also have the Broncos here. Um, obviously Sean Payton goes to the Broncos. I do think he makes an immediate impact offensively. Um, but I'll say this about Sean Payton, even though I'm a New Orleans Saints fan and he did win a Super Bowl with us, I'm not entirely sold on him. Um, as <laughs> I mean, he won. He only made one Super Bowl with a quarterback like Drew Brees for so many years. Um, oh man. Mm. What? I don't know. I'm beginning to take back what I said. Because you know what I forgot about? That the injury bug has hit this team so hard already. It has. But I still do think they take a significant step up. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was straight garbage. Um, I mean, I've never in my life seen a quarterback get fired. I mean, a head coach get fired before his first season even ends. So uh, I guess there's a first time for everything. Congratulations, Nathaniel Hackett. You did something that nobody's ever seen before. Um, I mean, do I even need to say how bad that is? That's atrocious. So, yeah, obviously they're going to take a step up. They could have had me coach and they would have taken a step up at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson, I don't think is in his prime anymore. I don't think he's a great quarterback, an elite quarterback, but I think he's good enough for to make this team a solid contender. Um, not a Super Bowl contender, an AFC West contender. However, I do think the other quarterbacks in the division are just leaps and bounds better than him. I think the teams, the other teams total all around in, the, in this division are leaps and bounds better than the Broncos. I don't think Sean Payton going there makes a difference in that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm uh, So, look, they're over under set at eight and a half. I think uh, it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to see how they go over that just because, like I said, they are the different Broncos at the end of the year, at the end of the day, I'm sorry. Um, you know, they obviously their obvious strength here is their secondary, their de- their defensive backs. Uh I was about to say the defense, but you know, that they kinda that kinda leads me um into their weakness too. But anyways, yeah, the secondary very good. Um not many teams are gonna be able to like throw the ball well against this team. But with that being said, their pass rush blows. Um, you know, the pass rush was like the worst in the league. Like one of the worst, I'm sorry, I wouldn't say the worst, but there it was one of the worst in the league last year, not to mention that uh, what they do in free agency to fix it? Nothing. Draft, nothing. Uh, I mean, so you give anyone Wait, X Sean amount Payton of time to throw the ball. To fix his defense? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you, uh, you give anyone X amount of time to throw the ball, they will find a hole in a defense. That's what offenses are designed to do. The more time you give them, the better look they're going to have. Um so yeah, I mean, I don't know, and you gotta rely, you gotta rely on Russell Wilson, who, like you said, definitely mm-hmm. isn't in his prime. He sure, he, you know, sure as heck isn't playing like it. Um, like you know, I've been talking, yeah, I've been talking about X factors. I, I, he might be the biggest one in the league. Do I mean, Sean Payton, you know, coming out of retirement, you know, he's now your coach. Um, I mean, does that give you a little bit of resurgence? I don't know, but it really sucks because now you're like all your wide receivers died before the season even started. You got what Marvin Mims as your number one wide receiver, or I guess you got Cortland Sutton. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, dude, listen to what I'm saying. Jerry Judy's out. I mean, uh, who who died before Tim Patrick? He died. Um, you know, um, KJ Hamler also died. Um, so, I mean, look, the one spot you needed to have healthy to help Russell Wilson is now just you know been stripped of everything. 
So the beginning of the season is going to be rough for the Broncos, man. It's going to be rough. But like I said, with everything gets better with Tom. So I think I think this is maybe this may be one of the teams we see clicking later in the season. Like I said, I they're over under set eight and a half. I think that's a good number to set it at. Um man, could they get nine wins? Sure, but I don't know. I'm 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 a little bit I'm a little bit lower on them than what I was initially saying just because of all the injuries. So I'll say they go under eight and a half. Probably finish the season with eight wins. Yeah, and look, let me let me say this as about Sean Payton as well. Um, as great as an offensive play caller, Sean Payton is. Um, Sean Payton gets in Sean Payton's way quite often. Um, if he gets an idea stuck in his head, believe me, Broncos fans, you're going to see that play out over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, I don't know how many times I had to hear that Taysom Hill was the next Steve Young and him constantly mm-hmm. trying to send him out there to play quarterback. Taysom Hill is obviously not a quarterback. He's a gadget player at best. Um but I mean, he just tried to force him down our throats. Um, that's Sean Payton, though. He's gonna he's he's gonna prove himself right. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he proved himself wrong for three years. That's this one this one game. He's gonna prove himself right. Well said. Well said. Um, I'm assuming you have the Chargers as your number two team in the West. I do. I do. Um, so I think the Chargers are a fantastic team. Uh, Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the in the league. Justin Herbert, obviously, a top, I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. Um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, two great targets for Justin Herbert to throw to. Um, Austin Eckler, a great running back. Look, I mean, this team's going to be really good. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to push the Chiefs this year for that first first place spot in the West. Um, I don't think they quite get there ultimately, but. I think they're like I said. I think they're going to push them, and I think this is the year that Justin Herbert finally gets a uh, gets a playoff win. Yeah, um, yeah. This team, like I said, looks really good on paper. Uh, like I said, they're they're too good not they're too good not to get a playoff win this year. I agree with you there. They're over under set at nine and a half. I think they easily get double digit wins. Uh, look, and just like the Bengals, uh, I think their biggest strength is the passing game. I mean, you got Justin Herbert throwing to the likes of Keenan Allen, uh, Johnston, who they just got. Um, Oh, I forgot they picked him up too, man. That's yeah, and in, in the draft, um, you get Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and not to mention, you know, Eckler is obviously a threat in the run game, but he's just as big of a threat in the passing game. People like to forget that, and um, and you know, you got Kellen Moore coming in as your offensive coordinator. There's no way that this offense doesn't become, you know, like a top three, top five offense in the league. Uh, with that being said, the flip side, uh, their secondary sucks. Um, you know, Jay-Z, you went out and signed J.C. Jackson to help it. Um, but then he got injured last year. Um, you know, uh, one of your guys retires at age 25. I don't know. Your, your projected starters aren't looking too hot. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's uh, – and, and he's injury yeah. prone too. Right, and so obviously there's room for improvement there. Obviously, I think I think a big name to be to watch would be the rookie wide receiver, uh, Quentin Johnson. Um, you know, stud, stud at TCU. Um you know, there's a reason he was one of the top wide receivers uh, chosen, and you know, I think I think he may he probably will be an immediate impact for this team. Uh, maybe they're just what the Chargers needed to get them over that hump. Um, you know, do I think they're the best team in the AFC? No. Do I think they're one of the teams to be in the AFC? Yes. But you know, that I guess that's really not saying much, just because like I said, like I said to start this, I think AFC probably the most you know, it's it's the conference you don't want to be in. Um, 
you know, just there's, there's maybe like, you know, five or six teams that you're, that you don't, you aren't worried about. And the rest of the teams you're like, Oh, like, Oh, we may not win against this team this, you know, <laughs> this week, which is, you know, a crazy thing to be saying, you know, you, you know, yep. you, but you know, yep. Uh, Chargers at second. So obviously that leaves uh, chiefs at number one. Uh, I'm assuming that's who you have in the number one for your uh, playoff uh, predictions. Yep. I mean, hard to go straight from a stray away from them with Patrick yeah. Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, yeah. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Yeah. I mean, it's just the rich get richer with Justin Ross as well. Reportedly just tearing it up in training camp, a hidden gem. Uh, I mean, dude, how do you go away from them? I mean, even when you're like, okay, they're finally going to have a bad year. Once they get rid of Tyreek Hill, <laughs> they win the Super Bowl the I next know. year. And, and it's like, it's like, I mean, how? You really have to question how. How do they lose the, like, the best wide receiver in the league and still win the Super Bowl? And it's just like you said, there's three people that, you know, that this Chiefs organization rotates around. And as long as them three are together, I do, I do not see how this team isn't a one seed. Um, obviously, Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed. Um, have been an unstoppable trio for as long as they've been together. Um, you know, and it, it, it's crazy to say that, you know, the weakness of this team is wide receiver. And it's a pretty, pretty glaring weakness, too. Um, it is, but not, it isn't at the same time. Yeah, I know. Because Patrick you, Mahomes. You have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid together. It's, and, like, you know, which is what we're touching on. Like, you think you lose Tyreek Hill, so you think you're going to see, like, a little, you know, at least some minor, minor regression from Mahomes just solely because. He has no one to throw it to. Yeah, Mahomes nope. doesn't care. He, I mean, he, it really doesn't matter if he has G leaguers out there, you know, catching his balls, um, balls. catching his throws. Because um, at the end of the day, he's patching Mahomes. And then at the end of the day, he can rely on Travis Kelsey. And at the end of the day, you have a mastermind of Andy Reid guiding this offense. And, you know, you get Kadarius Coney or Rasheed Rice. I mean, some pretty you know decent names for your wide receivers, right? I mean, Rasheed Rice, I know everyone, everyone's um high on him, and then Kadarius Tony. I don't know how to feel about him. I know he had like a couple of good games, and so like people are like, oh, oh, you know, he's he's like so underrated, but yeah, dude, he's never healthy. So like, he's a solid know. return guy when he's healthy. Yeah, so but like I don't, I don't you know can say to that put that much. Faith. Yeah, that's what I say. I put to put that much, you know, like um stake in one guy who I. Really don't see play that much. That's uh, kind of crazy. Now he's going to Andy Reid's system, <laughs> so I mean it's like uh, who knows, who knows. This dude, this you is know. his first year, like actually in it for the whole off season too. So right, right. So I mean, like I said they're over under for wins is set at eleven and a half. <laughs> and I think they easily clear that. They're over under needs to be set like a thirteen and a half or fourteen and a half. There's seventeen games in the freaking season. Odds makers. Come on. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, how, how do you uh, – what do you say about them? Do they've won two of the last four Super Bowls, correct? Two of the last four or two of the last yeah. five. Um, regardless, I mean, they even even at running back, their backup running back is Clyde edwards Lair, who's a, a serious threat receiving the football. They have uh, mm-hmm. Isaac Pat- – yeah, He may be the third. He may be third on the depth chart. Yeah. But- yeah, I mean, they got jerk off McKinnon. Um, they got... <laughs> no, jerk off McKissick. I'm sorry. Um, they got Isaac Pachero at running back. Uh, dude, I mean, they have they're kind of like the Dolphins. They have speed everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. You look, they can just fly around. 
um, and a better at quarterback and play caller. As much as Mike Daniel is a great play caller, I mean, he Andy Reid lap, runs laps around, not runs because Andy Reid definitely doesn't run. But he's around him. <laughs> he waddles around. Uh, Mike McDaniel calling mm-hmm. plays. So, um, dude, I mean, what more can you say? You, you had you had uh, Mahomes throwing guys like Sky Moore last year, and you still couldn't stop him. So, good luck. Well, now that he has some actual receivers to throw to, I guess, if Kadarius Tony can take the step that people think he can and Justin Ross can get healthy. I mean, Justin Ross is a freaking freak of nature mm-hmm. um, out of Clemson. So if he can get right health-wise, you got Kadarius Tony potentially um, taking a step. Rasheed Rice, I mean, dude, they, I mean, their receiver core might be pretty solid this year with Sky Moore backing up. Um, and then like you still got Kelsey. You you got Kelsey. You know who they're throwing the ball to. Like they're gonna throw it to Kelsey at least ten times a game. But you can't <laughs> stop him. You cannot like you can't stop him. He's a tight end. You can put a corner on him. Oh, the corner's too small. You can put a linebacker on him. Oh, hey, the linebacker's not fast enough or a good enough uh, playmaker on the ball. Um, what uh, what do you do? What do you do? Like I don't. You can't guard him. He runs two great routes as a tight end. He he can block when he needs to. No, he's not as good of a blocking tight end as someone like Kittle, but he does enough. I mean, and then you give that weapon to Andy Reid. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, it's absolutely it's it's very difficult to see a a world where they aren't a one seed. Um, I mean, God forbid they have an off season. They're the two seed, you know. So. Congrats, congrats, Chiefs! You're you're that team. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Well, that, that'll wrap it up. Um, I know I didn't really mention my playoffs, but uh, it probably look, probably looks a little something like you know Chiefs, Bills, um, AFC North question mark. So I'm gonna go with my team, the Ravens, then Titans, uh, one through four right there. Your division winners, then five through seven, uh, Bengals, Jets, Steelers. That's kind of that's kind of a rough outlook of what I have. And obviously the six and seven teams. You don't have the Chargers making it. But you see, and you see, this is, this is, this is where I struggle. I want, yes, I do think the Chargers make it, but then that's like, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really like high on the Steelers. That's fair. So like, like I want to say the Steelers make it somehow, but then like, do I see the Jets not making the playoffs? No. Do I see the Bengals or Ravens not making the playoffs? No. I mean, I don't know. I could see. I feel like this is the you know, this is the year the AFC North just like just runs it, and I mean, just like you know, you could see I mean, well we could, could totally see an AFC North AFC championship. Very well, good. But I don't know. Like I said, I have to I have to get back to you on that because yes, it's it's hard for me not to see a world where the Chargers don't make the playoffs, but like. I think I guess I mean I'd say they're better than the Jets, but like, so are they better than the second best team, in the AFC North? No, I don't think so. Are they better than the Ravens or the Bengals? No, no, but I think they are better than the Steelers. Yeah, I definitely do think they're better than the Steelers. But man, I don't know. I want to say the Steelers make the playoffs this year. Someone's gonna miss it. Can we just boot the AFC? Uh, what are they? South. South. <laughs> yeah, can we just boot yeah, them from the, the playoffs? Come out and they just annihilate everybody. 
Yeah, and like so I could see a world where where two teams somehow from the AFC South, mm. um, obviously the Titans and Jags, make the playoffs. Um, but like I said, I don't know. I was, I'm a little bit higher on the Titans and Steelers than most people this year, so that's why like I want to put them in the playoffs just because I can. But like I, said, I don't know. Okay, let me reorder this here. Obviously, obviously, I think my my top three, no, my top two are set. My third team, I I question. Because it's either the Ravens or the Bengals. But like I said, I'm going to go with Ravens. I'm going to say they make that extra step that you know, you know, and that they don't look like idiots on the offensive side this year. So you know, give me Ravens at third and Bengals at fifth. Now the fourth team as a toss up between the Titans and the Jaguars. It has to be. Now I think whichever team, I think whichever team doesn't make it doesn't make the playoffs. Only because the AFC is that good. If that you know, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team could very well be nine and eight and not make the playoffs due to tiebreakers. Which you know that that sucks to have worked that hard the, the whole season to have a winning record and not even be considered for the playoffs. Um, do I think the NFL should move to an eighty-two game season to make this a little easier? Yes. It's two and one two. Sixty-two game season like the MLB. <laughs> No, um, you know what? I'm gonna put the Chargers as my sixth team. But God, dude, that seems low. That seems low. That seems low for the char for the Chargers. Yeah, dude, it's difficult. The AFC is so competitive. But then what? So I'm gonna say one of the Jets or the Steelers isn't gonna make. I mean, obviously, I'd choose the Jets over the Steelers any day of the week. I think people are just are just like sleeping on them just a little little bit too much. And I want to be the guy that ha- that has the Steelers in the playoffs and they make the playoffs. And I can say I told you so. My fault. Yeah, damn right. Okay, you know what? No, I'm bumping the. Mm, I can't do it. No, okay, I'm bumping the steel. No, I can't do it. Yeah, no, I'm bumping the Steelers at the playoffs. I'm gonna have Jets as my seventh team. Let me think. Let me think. Chargers. Oh, I wish I had their schedules in front of me. This would make it a little bit easier. I think the Chargers and the Jets have the same over under. The odds are probably different. Don't get me wrong, but they probably. But I think they're both set at nine and a half. Okay, Jets are nine and a half at minus one twenty two, and Chargers are nine and a half at one twenty eight. So they're pretty much the same. Okay, here's what my playoffs look like. In a perfect world, Chiefs, Bills, no doubt about it. Unless you know, unless you know, like Bills, you know, do something stupid, or the Chiefs. No, nah, the Chiefs aren't going to do something stupid. Anyways, that third team is the AFC North. Who is it between the Bengals and Ravens? I'm not sure. I hope it's the Ravens, so I'm going to say the Ravens. Fourth team, unfortunately, has to be from the AFC South. Um, and I think that's, I think the Jaguars are going to struggle a little bit too much this year to comfortably take that take the division leader. Um, so I said, people forget how good the Titans were. Are they are they the same team they were three three or four years ago? No, but. I don't know, man. People are buying high on the Jaguars and selling low on the Titans. I'm trying to do the opposite. Um, so yeah, give me the Titans at that fourth spot. Fifth spot is obviously second place to the AFC North. Like I said, I think I have that blueprint figured out. Now, who takes those last two spots? Man, I don't know. I have to give the Jets one of the spots, and I have to give the Chargers the other spot. I guess that's how it looks. As high as I am on the AFC North, I guess I have to bump the Steelers out. I'm going to say Jets and then Chargers. Chargers than Jets. I'm gonna say Chargers than Jets. 
Rest in peace, Steelers. Yes. Sorry. Sorry, Steelers. Sorry, Steelers. I think. Yeah, I think this year, I think you have the chance. I think you have a really good chance to make the playoffs this year and surprise a lot of people. But the AFC is too competitive. Give it another year. Like Peyton was saying earlier, you'll be even more developed and you may, you know, you may easily have like that fifth or sixth spot taken, you know, and it may not even be a discussion. So we'll see, especially if the Jets don't pan out. If the Jets don't pan out, then the Steelers, I think, get that spot. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll, we'll move on now, though. Uh, that was our AFC predictions. Um, we'll move on. Obviously, UFC Paris this weekend. Um, but before we get into that, yeah, Marab Devalshi. I'm sorry, I, I struggle with his last name. Um, obviously, the number one ranked bantam, or I guess number two ranked bantam weight fighter now that Aljamain Sterling lost, um, came out and said this week that he would not fight for the title until Aljamain Sterling got his rematch. Um, Zach, how you feel about that? Um, yeah, he's uh, one of my one of my sneaky favorite fighters. Um, you know, most people kind of hate the way he fights, which I get it. I mean, the dude. Um, you know, you see him against Pierre Yan. He's a um, he was in, he was insane. He made Pierre Yan look like a freaking novice in there, just because he didn't give Pierre Yan a chance to do anything. Um, so obviously he trains with Aljamain Sterling, so it's unfortunate to see him take the stance of you know, like I get it, I get it. that's that's a mad respect for your teammate, but I mean, and it's a it's a brotherhood at the end of the day, man. But I mean. It's a it's a doggy dog world. Do you think um do you think Brock Purdy um you know had hurt feelings taking Trey Lance's spot or Jimmy Garoppolo's spot? No. I mean, when, when, when when his time came, he he saw an opportunity, he took advantage, he's given the opportunity, he's doing something with it. And I think Rob, you need to do the same thing. And I think on the other hand, to even bring this further, Sterling needs to do something. Sterling needs to be like, dude, snap out of it. I don't care. Look, I I, I want to be training for a little bit. You go get your shot now, and I'll get my shot later. You know, like, like I, I, I respect it, I respect it, but man, you do your thing. This is, this is, this is your time. My time's already passed. You know, um, which I mean, I don't think that's like entirely true for Sterling, but I think he needs to say something along those lines to Marab to get it through his head that look, I, I, I do appreciate the, um, the thoughts, and it, it's, it's a beautiful thought to have. You know, it just shows, shows massive respect for Aljamain Sterling, but, um. I get what Dana White's trying to say. Like, look, the, the, you know, this UFC isn't built for friendships, dude. The friendships don't sell. You know, <laughs> I mean, you fighting Sean O'Malley is what sells. So, exactly. you know, like, like, you know, get out of your own head, you know, do what's best for yourself and for the fans. And, you know, stop, you know, like, so just get out of your own head. Stop, stop with this respect game. Just, you know, have your shot at the championship. If you win it, awesome. If you don't, get back in the lab. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I was a man Sterling isn't paying your bills for you. Um, I might be great friends, but at, at the end of the day, uh, I don't think that Aljamain Sterling would not take a title shot just because Marab was a champion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. At some point, yeah. either move up to a different division and prove your greatness, move down, do something, Marab. Uh, like Dana, I full I wholeheartedly agree with Dana White, man. Like, it's it's not about making friends; it's about showing who the best fighter in the world is. Nobody wants to see 
a lot of people think Marab is the best fighter in that division, and we're robbed of seeing him with the belt because he won't fight for the title. I mean, yeah. I hate to say this, but what if, what if Alger decides he doesn't ever want to go up to uh, to the next weight class? Right. Then what? You just wait your whole career and that never hold the title? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I can appreciate his line of thought, but yeah, exactly. I can appreciate the line of thought. I get, I get yeah, it, man. I, I get, I, to, I totally day, like get I said, it. Alshman no. Sterling doesn't pay your bill for you. Um, he never will. So mm-hmm. you gotta eventually just follow your friendship, put it to the side, and uh, go fight each other, man. Like yeah. it's no, it's no, uh, no hard feelings in that octagon. It's just let the best man win. Right. If anything, use it as kind of like a, a friendly competition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. I think at some point it's also hurting Algerman Sterling not fighting somebody like yourself, um, who, like I said, a lot of people think you're the best in the division and you're you're keeping your friend from fighting you, which, I yes, they fight every day in practice, I'm sure. But, um I mean, come on, man. Just, just come on. Let's let's. We want to see you fight for the title. We like you. We like you, Marab. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for I sure. Mean, like, like Zach said, that's a super respectful um, thing to do. But so yeah, with uh, that being said, we can move on to the UFC Paris predictions. We can, um, as I said, we're pushing the two hour mark here, so we can try and move through these pretty quickly. Um, unfortunately. This is one of those cards that has been been getting chopped and screwed to pieces left and right. Um, I was I was decently excited for this. I mean, even last week I was excited for it. Um, I mean, the main event was kind of pushing that excitement, so that hasn't really changed. But I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things where people's visas aren't working, weights aren't being met. Um, so like some of the fights that it's it's like the same fighters are here, but they're like fighting other people, and like I don't really like the matchups that much. It's just um, I don't know. Like I said, kind of, kind of a weird card, but it's good for the it's good for the Paris uh the Paris home team. They get a lot of uh, hometown fighters, I should say, fighting with them. So uh, hopefully the crowd is just as into it, you know, as they were at Singapore. And um, I mean that's all we can ever ask for, especially like I said, this card isn't the best. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I mean, as I, said, I was taping some of these fights, and it's just like hmm, like, uh, like this this kind of sucks. But hey, um. You know, uh, this this is what we're here for. We're here to, you know, we're here to give valued recaps of even the low level fights, or you know, I say low level fights, but low entertaining fights, just because you know that's what we do. We love this so much. But uh, uh, with that, we can move on to our first fight. Um, do you want to give the names a go for once, Peyton, mm-hmm. or do you uh, want me to keep doing that? I know we get we get some. You know, I suck with the names, so. Yeah, so do I. Like I said, confidence is key, but I, I can do it. All right, so, um, you know, I got the odds off of DraftKings. Um, I got some of them off of DraftKings. Others had to go to, like, FanDuel and just like, all about because, like, you know, like, the so fights kept getting changed, so they kept getting taken down. So it was like, I, I'm struggling here. But um, anyways, uh, most of these are from DraftKings, a couple of them from FanDuel. Uh, so we'll start with our first prelim in the uh, women's bantamweight deci- uh, decision division. Um Sorry, this segment's called Buy Split Decision. That's why I got a little little confusion in my head. But um, moving on to our first fight of the card. 
We got Zerifon Dos Santos, a plus 295 dog going up against Jacqueline Cavalcanti, a minus 375 favorite. That's a um, you know pretty moderate size favorite for those not familiar. Uh, so look, we have a newcomer in the UFC in uh, Cavalcanti. She's making her debut. Um, she's coming from LFA. So I said she's coming from LFA. She's coming from all around. She's just been jumping around. She's been, you know, pretty active. Um, you know, granted, with that being said, uh, I'm not too impressed with her competition. She's fought, uh, I mean, pretty young in her career. She's 26 years old and um, only has six fights, uh, one loss. Um, but I will say watching her fights, she's got very, very quick hands and kicks. Um, you know, she she likes to rely on her striking, but she has takedowns in her game. And I think she's she's pretty good. I say pretty good. She's good on the ground. Uh, nothing to write home about. But, um, you know, going up against an, an opponent in uh, Zara Farron, uh, uh, coming off a uh, three-fight skid ever since entering the UFC. Um, uh, she has good power. Um, and, you know, which is, which is like, it's fun. It's fun, but it's fun for a round. Um, you know, so we saw it last week with Liang Na, and this is kind of, this kind of reminds me of her. Um, not as bad as her in terms of stamina. I mean, she, Liang Na is a, is a national treasure for her such bad stamina. But, um, you know, Farron relies on that power in the first round. And then after the first round, I mean, it, it is, she's, she's useless because, I mean, she's, she looks for the, she looks for the finish. In the first round. And I think in front of her hometown, first fight out there, she's going to do the same. She's going to look for a first-round finish. And um, not to mention, you know, she has power. She's also durable. But, uh, man, she sucks on the ground. So, yeah, the first round should be very interesting. But, uh, yeah, I think Jacqueline survives the first round. And I think, you know, Jacqueline's going to do whatever she wants in the second and third round to, um, you know, to win this fight. So, yeah, give me Cavalcanti via decision. I could also see her getting a uh, late, like, third-round knockout taking advantage of a tired Farron. Yeah, I have much of the same. Um, Farron's two and three in her last fights, including, like you said, a three-fight losing streak since entering the UFC. She's almost 40 years old at this point. Um, she does have good power, but I don't think it's going to... I don't think it's going to change anything in the fight. Really, the only chance I give Farron is that she is a... that this fight was taken on short notice, um, and maybe the conditioning isn't great for... Cavalcanti, but I, I mean, if it, if it ends up on the mat for some reason, I don't think Cavalcanti is going to necessarily bring it to the mat. But uh, Farron is not a very good wrestler. In her last her last fight, um, she was outstruck by a pretty so so striker. So it's just really hard seeing her win this fight. So I also have Cavalcanti by decision. All right, nice. So we'll move on to our second fight. We have Farid. Basharat going up against Clayton Rodriguez. Um, another kind of lopsided fight here. Rodriguez a plus two sixty dog and Basharat minus three twenty five favorite. So um, yeah, Basharat, a uh, very very interesting prospect. He's twenty six years old, uh, ten and zero in his MMA career. Uh, won one of the contender series and then won his first UFC fight, his actual UFC fight against a familiar name in Demond Blackshear. Who you know, I am I'm fairly high on Demond Blackshear as we all know. Um. So, so I think you, know, you fight him, you know, about like uh, half a year ago, and you look pretty good against him. You win unanimous decision, and uh, so uh, I don't question the competition at all, at all for uh, Basharat. Uh, watching this tape, he has really good takedowns. I mean, hit on the feet, uh, he has great volume, and I mean, his, you know, he it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to take this man down. He has good takedown defense, but um, 
I would say he slows down as the fight goes on and on and on. But I mean, that's nothing to be said about his durability, though. He, he you know, he's he's next level tough. Uh, Rodriguez, he's moving up to the bantamweight. Um, you know, he struggled, struggled in a uh, lower division, keeping weight. So he's moving up, and unfortunately for him, he's uh, taking on a pretty tough, uh, pretty tough competitor in Basharat. Um, you know, his takedown defense blows, um, and he looks like a turtle on his back. But uh, very tough, very tough guy. Um, you know, I don't really see, I really don't see either of these guys getting finished. So, um, you know, and uh, Rodriguez has, I will say this about Rodriguez, something I like is that his, uh, his striking is fun to watch. He's, um, you know, he's the kind of guy who likes to throw the spinning kicks, you know, the elbows out of nowhere. He, um, you know, he's not like your basic boxer. He's like, he's a well-rounded kickboxer. And, um, you know, it's like he watches, you know, fight scenes out of movies or something for his training. But, um, yeah, look, I, at the end of the day, I think Bashrat's going to, if he's smart, he leans on his wrestling to help him win this fight. Because, uh, you know, on the feet, they're it's they're gonna be pretty even. So obviously you take advantage of, you know, the one area where you do have an advantage, and that's the wrestling. So yeah, give me Basharat via decision. Um I'm not gonna say that you know it's a super easy fight for him, but the odd the odds kinda kinda tell the story here. I think like I said, there's there's too many holes in Rodriguez's game for him to beat Basharat. Yep, uh, I definitely agree. I mean, Basharat's undefeated to this point for a good reason, even defeating Blackshear, which really aged to be a super good win. Um, Rodriguez just won a one UFC and four and one in his last five overall. But it's not really a good matchup for Rodriguez. He's a lot smaller than Basharat, and, and he's Basharat's definitely a superior striker here. Um, I really don't see much of an avenue for Rodriguez to win the fight, although I don't think it, it's finished. But, um, yeah, no, nah, I mean, the odds reflect that. I think Basharat wins via decision. Yep, absolutely. All right, so moving on to our third fight, another women's MMA fight, hooray, bantamweight division. Um, we got uh, Nora Cornall, a minus 108. Yeah, so this fight's a pretty much pick them, so I'm not going to say a favorite, but she's going up against Jocelyn Edwards, who's minus 112. A very, 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 very slight edge for Jocelyn Edwards. Um, so, yeah, we got we got Cornell making her UFC debut. Um, looking pretty pretty solid. I mean, 6-1, and one, um, you know, but she's not young like all these other fighters making their debut, which we have. There's a lot of fighters making their debut on this card, oh, yeah, which is – um. Which is, I guess, pretty exciting for the UFC. But you know, like I said, it just kind of goes to show that this, you know the competition, the levels of these fights may not be what we're used to seeing. Anyways, um, so one thing I've noticed from Cornell from her fights, from what I was able to see, pretty active fighter. Um, and for the most part, I mean, man, she she loves to go for the finish. She loves to go for finishes. Um, and you know, all of her wins have come by finish. But granted, like I said, she's just not coming in the UFC. So uh, I question the competition she's fought. I'm not saying if you're not in the UFC, I question your competition. I do look at your competition outside the UFC, and I mean, you know, it's the, the competition can be is pretty night and day. You know, you 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 recognize names even outside the UFC. So you know, um, unfortunately, like I said, just just looking at the level that she's fought, uh, you know, I'm not too impressed. On the other hand, Jocelyn Edwards, uh, La Pantera, um, not even sure what that means, but um, anyways, oh, uh, she, she's oh, excellent Panther, huh? Um, beats beats me. P a n t e r a. Yeah. Yes, Panther. Weird. Anyways, um, 
so she's a very good kickboxer. Um, she really relies on her uh, kicks, you know, like so emphasis on the kick and kickboxer. Um, yeah, she's very, very, very durable. Um, I think she she has excellent volume, um, but I mean it leads to her slowing down as the fights go on. Um, but like I said, like Corn- Cornell, uh, I mean, what, what's her what's her one loss? Is it is it a decision loss? I assume. I assume she's she's finished her bust. I'm not really sure what her one loss is. I think it's a decision loss. So you know, uh, I can't really question the stamina of Cornell just because I don't really know what her stamina looks like. So I mean, I guess I can't question it because of that. I can obviously question Edwards because I've seen her slow down as the fight goes on. Um, she sucks on the ground and her takedown defense is leaves a lot to be desired. Um, man, this fight. I don't, I don't, I was, I was, I was struggling in a, in a, in a prediction. I really was. Um, cause so I kind of see it playing out like this. Nora's probably going to go crazy in the first round. So I think she's going to win in the first round. She's going to look for a finish. If she doesn't get it, uh, Edwards needs to look to capitalize on a tired Cornell. Uh, she needs to, you know, obviously at least win the second round and make it a dog fight in the third round. Cause I think by the third round, my prediction is both these girls are going to be gassed. Um, so I think it's really going to come down that to the second and third round. I think Edwards can eke it out, but I hate, I hate to choose her to win via decision when you're in, when you're in France and who's the fighter from France, Cornell. So I really don't know. I lean Edwards, but boy, do judges suck. I don't fucking know. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't. I'm going to pretend the judges have a brain for once. I'm going to say Edwards via decision. That's um, that's my best guess. Yeah, uh, I also have Edwards via decision. Um, obviously, like you alluded to, judges in Paris probably going to favor the hometown fighter, but I don't know. I don't think it makes a difference in this one. Um, Cornell has looked good in her, in her professional fights, but she hasn't been tested at all. Again, like you alluded to, um, only one of her opponents have more than four professional wins, and I think they're struggling at like four and two. Um, I just think Edwards' volume is going to overwhelm Cornell, and she's not. Cornell, who's more kind of like a jab and clinch type of fighter, she's not going to be able to slow that pace down. So I think uh, Cornell. I mean, Edwards just eventually overwhelms her, and that goes to the decision. And Edwards wins the decision. Nice. All right, moving on to the people's prelim. Andre Lusa versus Reese McKee. Lusa, minus 180 favorite. Uh, McKee, plus 150 dog. Um, I should probably be a little bit closer than that, in my opinion. Uh, I love – well, I don't know. I'm not too high on McKee. Uh, Lusa, I think he's a very underrated fighter. Um, you know, 9-3. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the record's not bad, but I think, you know – I mean, it could could be could be better. I mean, one of your losses is a Jack Della Mandolina, which is you know not a bad loss at all. And uh, you know, Lusa he's a very solid striker. I mean, man, he has some good power on him, and you know, hit very high volume. But uh, you know, on the receiving end, he's all he also shows. Um, you know, he's he's been hittable. He's been very hittable. Um, but also with that being said, he has good striking defense. Listen, this dude's a weird anomaly. Like I said, he's durable. But he's hit, he, you know, he's good striking D, but he's hittable. But he's very durable. 
you know, that shows that him being hittable really isn't, you know, that much of a sway in my opinion. Um, on top of that, uh, he's got good takedown defense and takedowns and uh, good all-around wrestling. All around, I think I, I really – I'm higher on Lusa than I think most people are. Uh, moving on to the McKee side, he he loves to keep the fight at range, which, you know, Lusa isn't going to like. Um, but there's a reason he keeps it on the range. It's because whenever the moment he gets taken down, McKee, I mean, he's uh, it's over for him. Uh, on the ground, he, he is booty cheeks. Um, takedown defense, booty cheeks. But it was fun to watch this guy on the feet. Um, fun striker, uh, good power. I mean, he a dude has dude has allotted a lot of knockout victories. But uh, he's just like Lusa, or well, with a striking defense. You know, I think it's okay. But I mean, I think he, you know, um, he eats what he re- he eats what he what he gives. Um, so I kind of see this fight playing out like this. Lusa, like I said it's going to be even on the feet. I give a slight edge to McKee, and because of that, I think Lusa. Um, you know, we, we saw him in the AJ Fletcher fight, right? He got rocked and it, it, he looked, he looked, he, he looked out of there. It looked, it looked bad. I mean, that was the only time in the fight that I was really like, Ooh, like, this dude does not look good. Um, but so I think, you know, the moment that happens or the moment he feels that's going to happen against McKee, he's just going to take him down and he's just going to be wrestled away to a victory. Um, I think McKee's very live for a knockout, but I got Lusa winning via decision. Yeah. Um, so the one thing that concerns me about Lusa is that he hadn't fought in over a year. Um, but I do think he wins this fight via decision, like you said. Um, he likes the fast-paced firefights. He's willing to wrestle if necessary. And I think that'll give him key trouble. I think at the end of the day, that's the that's the big thing, is that uh, he, he'll wrestle when he needs to, and McKee just isn't very good wrestling-wise. So I think Lusa ends up winning it by decision. All right, nice. Um, moving on to another fight. I think this is one of the fights that got affected by the um by the switching around. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I'm pretty it sure is. it is though. So. Um, so yeah, we have uh, Taylor Lapolis minus one hundred and sixty two favorite uh, going up against the uh, Colon Logren uh, plus one twenty six dogs. Some pretty close odds there. Um, so yeah, Lapolis is coming back to the UFC. Uh, he got cut from the UFC actually. I don't know why. It's not like he was doing god awful, but uh, I guess you know Dana White just you know um, hate to say it's a race issue, but I mean come on Dana, it's pretty obvious. Um, dude's a great striker, and I liked him before he got cut, and now you know in his lower thirties, I think he's kind of you know hit his stride. You know, I hate to say he's in his prime, but I think he might be. He's a great striker. His hands are very quick. He's a very tough guy, um, and his takedown defense is next level. Um, going up against Logren though. Um, Logren has some great power, and, uh, you know, he's very, you know, he's undefeated for a reason. Um, pretty young. I say he's, uh, I think he's making his UFC debut. I didn't put that, but I'm pretty sure he is. Um, I don't think his volume's the best, though. That gives me a little concern, especially going up against, you know, someone who's super tough. You know, you really, you really want you really want to up your volume going against someone tough to break them down. You know, you can't just rely on these like, single shots to knock people out. Like uh, like Laplace, but um, that's probably what he's gonna do. So uh, Laplace, Laplace's competition has been much better. Like I said, he's got that experience behind him. I think um, like I said, Logren's gonna look for some takedowns. He's not gonna be able to find them. And I think I'm gonna give Laplace a slight advantage on the feet. So yeah, give me Laplace via decision. Yeah, um, I'm with you again. Um. Just his mobility is a lot better. He's had 13 more fights. 
I think he takes it pretty easily. Um, not to say Logger. Well, isn't. Mm, sorry, I'm butchering the name. Um, terrible names, but not to say that he won't make it a close fight. But I think uh, Lapos does win easily. I think he just picks him apart at range, and it frustrates Logren. Um because he wants to get inside, and I think Lapos just won't let him get inside on him. So it's just going to frustrate him, and he's going to ride it out to a decision win. Yep. Uh, moving on to our next fight, we have uh, Morgan uh, Chatterier. I believe is how you say his name. Uh, it's French, so I'm just putting a little extra flair on it. Uh, going up against Manolo Zakini. Uh, Chatterier, a minus 340 favorite. Zakini, plus 270 dog. So, yeah, uh, Morgan uh, Chartier, he's making his UFC debut. Um, like I said, he's an 18-9 record. Not very pretty, but um, I think he's also one of those fighters who's, who, who the record the record is, isn't – it isn't who he is, you know, man. It, um, he, he, he's a lot better than 18-9. and nine. Um, and His ground and pound is next level. I mean, it's like Derek Lewis ground and pound. He's a very, very durable. I mean, he can wrestle – he looks good on the feet. Um, I'm I'm pretty high on this guy, and I think um, I think this is just it's just that one fight on the card, you know. UFC, you know, puts a fighter up against another fighter, and I'm not gonna say who's gonna make who look better, but UFC is trying to make someone look a little a little better by giving them a certain opponent, and um, so yeah, maybe both these guys making their UFC UFC debut. But the um, there's levels to this. Uh, Charrier much better than Zakini. Um, Zakini, like I said, is making his debut, but um, he has terrible takedown defense. His cardio is gonna blow. Um, he definitely hasn't fought the same level of competition as Charrier. So, like I said, I think UFC is setting up Charrier here for a victory. So give me Charrier via second or third round knockout. Yeah, I think like you said, you, you explained it perfectly when you said there's levels to it. Um, Shari is a big favorite for a good reason. Um, I think he'll end up getting the finish. He'll knock out Zacchini out. Zacchini, I will say, he tends to leave himself a little bit open at times um, for counters. And I think that's going to – I think eventually that's going to be what, what does him in here. Um, yeah, Shari is just a way better fighter. And I don't think that's necessarily bad. I mean, uh, you – there's no no reason to hang your head, but uh, the genie is just not going to take a chance. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next fight. Um, hold on. Hold on. This is this fight's on the main card. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I think this this may be this this has a contender to be sicko fight of the night. Um, this this fight will probably not be entertaining at all. Uh, William Gomez a minus two ninety favorite going up against uh, Giannis Gamori, a plus two fifteen dog. Um, man, I hate Gomez fights. I, I I try giving this dude a chance. Like he looks like an animal in there. He's pretty young, so maybe he'll work his way into it. But I don't know. Um, this dude somehow he 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 loves to make fights boring. Um, you know he's not he's by no means a finisher. But going up against Gamori, I think he's going to look like the large man in the octagon. Um, I think it's going to look a little bit better to the judges. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Gomi's not going to – I mean, he may wrestle, but he doesn't have the best wrestling. Um, to his advantage, though, he has some really good striking defense. Gamori, the, he, Gamori's going to look at to keep it on the feet too. But, um, 
uh, like I, said, I don't know. I don't see either of these guys getting finished. But uh, I think Gomez is just is just you know one level ahead of Gamora here. And so, like I said, this fight won't be entertaining at all. But give me Gomez versus uh, via decision. Yep. I mean, I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it's going to be tough for Gamori to get a, a takedown because he's used to being a bigger guy, but he's not going to be a bigger guy this weekend, and I think it's going to it's going to really mess with his game plan. Uh, I think Gomi is just going to – I just flat out beat him. I don't see this fight getting finished like Zach said, but uh, I do have Gomi via decision. Pretty easy All decision right. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to another fight. Um, should be another pretty entertaining fight. Uh, we got Vulcan Ozdemir, minus 185 favorite, going up against Vulcan Bogdan Guskov. Yes, close enough. And going up against uh, Bogdan Guskov, a plus 154 dog. Very live dog. Um, I, I like him. Looks a little weird, though. They both look a little weird. Uh, anyways, um, Guskov making his UFC debut. Uh, for what I've seen, pretty durable guy, but, you know, slows down as the fight goes on. Just, you know, like, you know, 30% of the other fighters in the UFC. A little weird how your cardio hasn't really caught up to you yet. But, I mean, I guess, you know, you fight a light heavyweight. I mean, it's not, you know, completely out of the, you know, it doesn't blow my mind that your cardio isn't the best. But, anyways, um, yeah, a guy has great power. Great power. Um, and he, he's, he's very fun to watch because, he, you know, he's one of those fighters that, you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna leave it all leave it all in the octagon. <laughs> he's gonna leave it all in the octagon in the first round, man. He I mean, he's it like I said it's gonna be he's a very fun guy to watch. Uh, he has he's pretty good in the uh, takedown department too. Uh, Osnemir, um, I mean man, like I said, um, pretty pretty bad looking record. But, I mean, like I said, light heavyweight division dude. I mean he's fought he's fought some of the best competition. Um. I mean, dude, I mean, like, so you look at these names, and it's like, dang, like, like why is this dude fighting Guskov? But um, yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, Ozdemir's fought some pretty good competition. He has um, he has good boxing and good power. Um, like, so he hasn't had a knockout in a while, so you know, I don't, I don't put a knockout. I definitely don't put a knockout past him. Like I said, but I mean, it's it's been a, it's been a hot minute since he's gotten one. So um, is the power the same as when he was, you know, whenever he was first fighting? I'm not sure. But um, to his advantage, he has some great volume and cardio, and uh, his takedown defense is next level. And I think to his advantage, the clinch game is going to be well to his advantage. So look, I think like I said, Guskov's going to lay it all on the line in the first round, right? Uh, he's going to look for an early knockout. Uh, if he doesn't get it, Ozdemir, Ozdemir's got this. Um, you know, he's going to Guskov's going to burn out pretty quickly. You know, just like a like a shooting star, or you know, or like like a dying star, I should say. Um, he's going to go out with a bang, but, um, yeah, I think Ostomir is going to be able to essentially just wait him out. I think, you know, he'll be fine. I think he'll be able to, um, I'm not I'm not going to say he's going to be able to avoid taking massive damage. I'm sure he's going to get hit, but I think he's going to be able to survive. And I think, uh, Ostomir is going to win via third round knockout. Yep. I also have Ostomir via TKO, um, Agree with everything you said. I do think his his leg kicks are going to be the X factor in this fight. I think it's just going to dismantle Guskov eventually, and I think that's going to lead to the the TKO late in the fight. Yep. Uh, moving on to our next fight in the lightweight division at 155, we have Benoit Saint Denis, who is a minus 155 favorite, going up against Tiago Moises. Moises. Moise? Whatever. Uh, plus 130 dog. Um, another live dog. Um. 
And speaking of dog, BSD is that dog. He has that dog in him. Um, you know, I was, I was speaking on, um, right on cue, he had some dogs barking. But, um, yeah, uh, Benoit Saint-Denis, uh, like I said, he's got that dog in him, man. Um, you know, I don't think I'm going to, like, bet on this fight or anything. But I'd feel comfortable putting my money on Saint Denis just because I know he's he's gonna he's gonna fight for it he's gonna die for it, um, you know. But like I said this this fight this, the hype train on this dude's real. He's eleven and one. I see it. I mean, he's twenty eight years old. I mean, so is a so is Thiago Moises. Um, I think to Saint Denis's um advantage, he's got some great value, great volume and power, and he's got some good wrestling. Um, and Thiago isn't a good wrestler, but Thiago's a good grappler. Um, you know, I'm not too terribly high on Thiago, but I mean, obviously, you know, he's fought some good competition. I mean, they both have, but, um, man, I hate, like I said, I ain't going to bet on this fight at all. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting fight and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be with the majority of people here. I'm going to be on the, uh, BSD St. Uh, the BSD hype train. I should say Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, so, yeah, give me BSD via decision. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Moises, uh, both of these fighters are pretty solid all around, but Moises shines on the mat. Um, I don't think Saint-Denis lets it get there. Um, I think his takedown defense holds up. He's 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 a lot more powerful, and he's a more efficient striker than uh, Moises. Not to say Moises is bad, but I think Saint-Denis is just that good. Um, Saint-Denis is going to finish the fight, probably a TKO. Um, just my thoughts. I think he's. I think he completely outclasses Moises here. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like the confidence. Yes, I, th- I think it should be like a decently close fight, you know. Um. Yes, I'm, I don't know. I finish, I finish would be I finish would be interesting. Anyways, move on to the co-main event here. Um, so, um, you know, we have um, uh, women women's MMA co-main uh, should be a, a, a decently interesting one, just because there's a, a very very popular name here. Um, I mean, two popular names, but one very popular in uh, Thug Rose, Nama Yunus, um, who is an underdog. I know, kind of surprising. Right, but um, she's fighting at flyweight tomorrow uh, up against um, Manon Feriot. And plus, I'm sorry, I'm minus 185. Um, yeah, so they call uh, Feriot the beast for a reason. Uh, she she is ginormous, you know, for the division. Um, she, I mean, she's um, it, I mean, kind of built like a tank, you know, kind of weird to say for women's MMA, but that's just what it is. Um, you know, obviously a hometown favorite too. Uh, you know, going to be fighting against a legend in uh, Rose Diamond Yunus. So, um, but yeah, let me a quick uh, synopsis of Fury. Uh, like I said, she's huge for the division, right? She's got, um, she's just a, a great all around fighter. Um, you know, not too many weaknesses. Uh, you know, her, her really strong suits are striking, grappling, and wrestling. Uh, you know, <laughs> when you shine in those uh, departments, uh, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to be beat. Uh, Nama Yunus, um, obviously, we know her, um, you know. Former champion, I said, but uh, fighting in a different division. Uh, this is gonna be flyweight at 125. Uh, used to seeing her at strawweight, but um, you know, now in Eunice, we obviously know her for striking. Um, and I mean, she can. She looks to get in takedowns. Uh, will she though? Uh, no, not not against not against the beast. Um, so yeah, like I, said, I hate. 
hate to pick against you know Thug Rose here, but I said I mean I, I don't know Ro- Ro- Rose is alive for a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. I mean she I don't know God it it, it hurts me to pick against her, but yeah I gotta go I gotta go with um, Manon Furiat here to win via decision against Thug Rose. Not my Eunice. I think her moving divisions is just. Too much of an ask, especially against, you know, the number four contender and the flyweight. Yep. Uh, obviously, it's tough to pick against Rose, but, dude, uh, what's her name? I, let me look at her name. Fiora. Uh, Fiora, I think is how they say it. I was just watching a fight of hers, and, dude, she absolutely dismantled her opponent. Um, She's huge, like he, you mentioned Namahunas is going to be small compared to her. I think she's just going to stay at distance and pick Rose apart. Um, she really relies on her sidekick a lot too um, to keep the distance, and it it's furious. It's not just like a little sidekick just to kind of keep you at distance. No, it's going to keep you because it freaking hurts. Like she throws everything with some furious power. Um, the only the only chance Rose has in this fight is if she's the the attacker. And slows Fioro's stalking, um, but that's how she fights, man. She's gonna stalk you down. She's gonna she's gonna be the aggressor. But we've never seen her fight going backwards. So if Rose is able to do that, then I think she has a chance. But I don't see it happening, uh, especially against a much bigger, much bigger opponent than she's used to. Right. I think she's just gonna be a little bit overwhelmed with the with the power. Yeah. Um, I do have Fioro via TKO. Nice. All right. Well, so so far, uh, ten fights. We all or we each have, you know, um, the same people winning. So I'm interested to see who we have for this main event. Um, yeah, Cyril Gon. Uh, you know, main event heavyweight uh, always going to be a banger for the most part. Uh, Cyril Gon going up against Sergey Spivak. Uh, minus one sixty six favorite for Gon. Plus one forty dog for uh, Spivak's polar bear. Uh yeah. So I think. Uh, we got an obvious striker versus grappler matchup here, uh, you know, and and no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what I was about to say for later. Um, quick synopsis of each fighter: uh, obviously, gone the striker has incredible striking. Uh, UFC has been like you know pushing this man opponents, and uh, he's been he's been showing up and showing out. Obviously, you know you lose to Francis Ngannou and John Jones as your only two losses on record. Uh, God forbid you lose to either of those men. Um, shame on you, you know, um, huh. I mean, you know, um, I, mean, I don't know, you're Surogon, you have incredible striking, your stamina is next level, you, and you, you actually have good grappling, you know, people automatically assume just because his takedown defense is terrible that his grappling sucks, but no, like in the clinch, I mean, this dude, this dude is just so big and strong that it's just like, you can't just throw this guy around, it's just not going to happen, um, but I mean, they say, if you do get this guy on the ground, though, then you can make anything you want happen. Uh, we've seen them, you know, obviously Francis Ngannou is a different beast than John Jones. Francis Ngannou relied on power to keep um, gone on the ground. And uh, Jones used a technique to keep gone on the ground. Uh, so two, like two, two completely different schools of method, um, keeping gone on the ground. And regardless, he stayed on the ground gone. You know, he looks like a fish out of water there. Um, and Spivak, uh, to Gans's advantage is a, a good wrestler. Uh, would I say he's a great wrestler? no, um, you know, like I said, he's uh, more of a grappler than anything. Uh, like I said, watching him because you know, I guess just like I mean, just hearing and like looking at him, 
Um, you know, I thought this dude was like a great wrestler, but the looking at him, he just he he's a smart fighter. But would I call him a good a great wrestler? No, he's a good wrestler, but he relies on judo throws more than anything. He's not like a you know Marab or Colby Covington. He he's a I, I guess you'd call an unorthodox wrestler, but like I said, it's mainly just what you'd call judo. Uh, you see him at least in his last fight, um, or most of his fights actually. I mean, he's going for like these like throws, like you know, like he sticks his hip out and then like overpowers people. But um, you know, who's he doing this against? Is it Greg Hardy? Okay, uh, goes to Sakai. Okay, uh, Derek Lewis. Okay, um, am I supposed to be impressed by doing that to any of those three people? Um, not really. I really look at your Tom Aspinall fight as a um, as like the groundworks for this fight. Uh, I'm not saying Cyril Gans by any means Tom Aspinall. I, mean, I think they couldn't be two complete. They're two completely different fighters. But I just see level your level of success of what you did to your past three fighters. Um, I don't think you're gonna be able to do that to Gon necessarily. Uh, like I said, Gon's a huge guy. He's gonna be you know a lot more awkward than you know your other guys. I say, and Gon's decent, you know, decent in the grappling realm. So, I mean, like, can, Sp- can Speed Fight get Gon down? I think I think he can. I think he will. But I think it's going to be tough. He's going to be working to get him down. Uh, like I said, if he can get him down, he's going to have to get to work very quick. Because um, best believe best believe Gon's just been working on his ground game. I, I'm, I'm sure he's tired of the I narrative. I hope he has, but at least. I'm sure he's tired of this, of this narrative that he sucks on the ground. And I mean, like I said, we only say he sucks on the ground because, like I said, Francis Ngannou is just you know a big MF who just laid on top of him. You know, I guess no shame in that. It, it's hard whenever someone's just physically bigger than you and physically stronger than you. It's hard to get up off the ground with them. John Jones, I, I'm I'm sorry, but I can't I can't fault you for for looking bad on the ground against that guy. Um, I mean, he's, he's the greatest MMA fighter of all time. So if John survives on the ground. Spivak isn't going to be able to do, you know, Jack Diddley squat. Um, I think Gon's going to be able to just, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be able to outlast Spivak. Um, You know, I'm making it sound like, I'm trying not to make this sound like a runaway, but I'm tired, and this is what I was going to say earlier, I'm tired of the striker versus grappler matchup, and I choose the grappler. I'm sick and tired of choosing the grappler because they never win, and usually they always win. But no, I'm going with the striker on this one. Give me Gon via like a three, four, five round knockout. Um, like I said, I'm tired of choosing the grappler, unless I think Speedbox isn't, isn't going to have the same success as he did, or as he has been having against these lower level opponents. I hate to call Derek Lewis low level, but um, you know, at, at this point in his career, he kind of is. Um, you know, as I really look at that Tom Aspinall fight for Sergey, and I'm like, hmm, you know, hmm, you know, if if that fight went a little bit different, then I think my prediction is a little different here. But you know. I give I give a slight edge to Cyril Gon. I'm still on his hype train, so yeah, give me Gon via knockout. Yeah, man, I really like Cyril Gon. I also have him winning, so I guess we agreed on every single fight of uh, Saturday's man event or Saturday's card. Um, dude, Cyril Gon, yeah, he lost two fights, two out of his last three fights. But I mean, come on, bro. Like you mentioned, he lost his Francis and Gano and John Jones. I mean, you tell me a fighter in the UFC that's Gonna be five and zero in his last five, and he had those two guys in his uh <laughs> in the two fights. Man, the only fights he's lost are championship fights. You, are you really faulting a guy for losing a championship fight? 
I mean, come on, mm-hmm. bro. He got to the championship for a reason. He's he's outclassed every single uh, fighter outside of John Jones and Francis Ngannou. They fought, even outclassed Francis Ngannou up on the feet, which is incredible. I mean, yeah, no, was, that, no, was, that, that was a crazy fight until it was on the ground. Then it was like, whoa. Yeah, Francis is no slouch on the feet. I mean, he's powerful, but he's also he's a calculated striker too. And Zero Gone made him look uh, very average in terms of technique. Um, I mean, dude, I I think I think Spivak might get him to the ground once, but I don't think he does anything with it. I think Zero Gone ends up knocking him out in maybe the fourth round or so, third or fourth round. Uh, dude, Zero Gone's too good, man. I mean, for a heavyweight to be as athletic as he is, as calculated as – I mean, he's a sniper up the top, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no disrespect mm-hmm. to John Jones here. And like you said, he is the greatest MMA fighter of all time. But there's a reason that John Jones immediately went to grappling against him. Um, he's not going to play around with him up, uh, on the feet, dude. I mean, Gon's too dangerous to do that against. Um, and like you said – I look at the Tom Aspinall fight, and you know how I feel about Tom Aspinall, Zach. I think he's yeah, a future champ as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he got him up out of there in two minutes and thirty seconds. Now Tom Aspinall is definitely no slouch on the ground, but um, I mean, he's he's going to get outstruck. I think by zero. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's going to get outstruck by zero. Gone. Can he land a heavy shot and put uh gone out? Sure. Ties who he lost almost did it, but I mean, did, did you see, I mean, you saw the fight that gone fought tied to Ivasa to stomach was just absolutely gone. I mean, dude probably couldn't crap for five dude. days. afterwards. <laughs> he made two look like a chump. I mean, and just like, Vasa, dude, I mean, yeah, he's not just like a Derek Lewis guy. Like, that just swings wildly. Dude is a good striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And Cyril Gon made it. I mean, Cyril, I don't know. Cyril Gon was, like, picking on him. It, I, mean, I remember, I remember watching that fight, like, on my phone. Like, my family was over or something, dude. And I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, dang, dude. I thought Tui Vasa would at least stand up puncher's chance. No, he didn't even stand up puncher's chance. No, Tui Vasa just... did not, didn't even belong in the same, same cage as him. <laughs> He didn't. No, no, not not at all. And I said, no disrespect to Bam Bam. I love Bam Bam Tui Vasa, but didn't didn't belong in the same cage that night with uh, Sirogan. No, not at all. And you know how high I've been on Sirogan for the past couple of years. Especially after seeing him fight Volkov, I knew I knew this dude was legit. And like I said, I'm still on his hype train. I know, like I said, um, he's one and two in his last three fights. But like I said, you got to look at the losses, and like you know, you got to look at I. Sirogan's losses compared to Spivak's wins is is night and day. You're winning against Greg Hardy as Spivak, and you're winning against Derek Lewis. You know who else beat Derek Lewis? <laughs> Hello, Sirogan. Very yeah, easily, like, I think. Then did Lewis even land a strike in that fight? I have no idea. It, 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 yes, it was it was it was Sirogan by police brutality. Like I'm not joking. I don't think I think he landed like maybe one strike that fight. Just got maybe absolutely dismantled by Cyril Gone. Yeah, like I said, I mean, and like I said, and like I look at the Alexander Volkov victory for Cyril Gone, and I think that's like a huge victory. I mean, like I said, Volkov, you know, he's not the fighter that me and you like saw against Derek Lewis, where he got knocked out the last second. Which let's be honest, I mean, Volkov was winning that fight. Well, you know, Volkov, Volkov, yeah, you know, Volkov is is a decorated heavyweight, and I think to to have beat him. 
you know, by unanimous decision. That's I mean, that's that's huge. Like, I wish Spivak would fight him. That would be I think that'd be an interesting fight. But uh, no, unfortunately, like I said, I mean, the odds are close. I know I understand people are high on Spivak, but I'm I'm still in the gun. I'm still in the gun hype train personally. Yeah, so. I am too. I, and look, the only time that Spivak has fought somebody on on Gon's level, he got knocked out by Tom Espinal in two mm-hmm. minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Like I said, it's, it's just that's the only guy know. even comparable that to Gon that he's fought. I don't think I don't want to say he don't he don't stand a chance because he does. He can get the fight to the ground, but you really you really think that Ciro Gon hasn't been working on uh, his ground his ground game and just his takedown defense in general. And also let's 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 be real here. Like you said, he was fighting John Jones and Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou is a freaking monster. Mm-hmm. If he wants you on the ground, you're gonna go to the ground just because he's yeah. so strong. Doesn't matter how good yep. your defense is. Yeah, exactly. And then, like I said, like looking looking like crap on the ground against John Jones is you know no that's no knock on Cyril Gone at all. Um, like I said, I mean, I said hopefully he got to work on what was obvious that he needed to work on. Uh, obviously, Spivac is going to know what he needs to do to win, and I think Gone knows what to look for. And kind of something you touched on, you didn't go too in depth into it. This is the last thing I say. I know we've been talking about this for a while, but um, is Gone like you see? Gone likes to pick people apart at range. And I think that's going to aggravate Spivak a little bit, just okay. a little bit. You know, I think he's still, like I said, he's probably going to still be able to get some takedowns and like, you know, he's still going to go for his attempts. But I think Gon being a sniper and like, you know, Gon being smart, you know, he's one of those fighters who, you know, he isn't timid, but he runs away when he needs to. You know, he'll back up and kind of like jog around the octagon just to get a better position because, like I said, he's a sniper more than anything. I mean, you know, if you get if he see if he connects one shot on you though, I mean, best believe. He's gonna come in and start just waylaying on you, and that's that's probably when Speedbox is gonna to have to look to get his takedown in. But like I said, I'm mean, asking. I think Cyril Gon is. I don't know if he's been working on his takedown defense more, his ground game more. But hopefully, one of the two he's worked on more. Um, and I think he, I think he clears. I, I think he clears Speedbox. But I don't who knows. I could be wrong. I said yeah. Gon looks like his old self on the ground. Then I mean, I think Speedbox has this pretty easily. Because like I said, if Gon can't defend the takedown, then I mean, there's you can't win the fight. No, but another thing is, uh, the last time we saw Cyril Gon actually fight, I mean, I don't even want to count the John Jones fight because he what didn't even have a chance to really do anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm not counting that. But right. um, the last time we saw him was against Bam Bam, and even when he had Ty hurt. I mean, he didn't. It wasn't like he just rushed in to finish the fight. He took his time. It was, yeah, it was calm, collected, and he waited. He picked out his moments and picked them perfectly. Yeah, was, I think it was like a four round fight. Uh, three. Oh, three. Yeah, yeah I, just, I actually just rewatched three round, it Monday. Three rounds longer than I thought. <laughs> I know. Yeah, unfortunately, that main event is probably the least what like least taped fight I did. I just unfortunately, I guess you know, obviously the higher level fighters I know more about, so I guess it's less tape I have to watch. I think before I go to bed, I may I may rewatch that fight. No, it's, it's a good fight. It's really like wow. Oh, but yeah, absolutely. I didn't. Exactly. I, I forgot how hard Ty hit him. Not I do. He he looked out when he yeah. Ty hit him, dude. He looked out. Yeah, but I mean the fact that he wasn't. It's just like, ooh, like, yeah. I think you know, it's just like getting hit by Derek Lewis and not it. getting knocked out. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable that he didn't. Mm. But yeah, um, 
So, but I think that's it, huh? Yep, yep. Uh, that's uh, that'll wrap it up for Paris for UFC Paris. Um. Oh, just an announcement for everybody. Uh, I will be out of town this weekend, so I don't think there will be a. Boo. Uh, Boo. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think we'll uh, we'll be recording this weekend. Boo. So, but one the last thing we uh, I want to touch on is that sand. Um, NBA players. And there's been some debates. Uh, are they world champions if you win the NBA? No. Why? Because you didn't play against the world. You played against, you know, the best people in your league that's based in North America. But Come on, know, man. Okay, but you think any other league team could beat any team in the NBA? No, but you're not world champion. You're an NBA champion. You're the but champion. It's an international of the league. league. I mean, you got guys like Luka Doncic, Giannis. Yeah, but it's based in North America. Right, but it's based I, in North America. I get it. No, I do get it. I get that, but it is the best brand of basketball in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do I, you know, do I think, um, like, I don't know, like the, the UConn Huskies can beat the Denver Nuggets? No. No, hell no. I mean, do I think, you know, the 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 London Minutemen could beat the Denver Nuggets? No. But I mean, let's let's be honest. There's a, there's a certain league pl- playing out right now that determines who the best in the world is. And it's FIBA. Um, yeah, that's that's an that's a truly international league. Uh, so I mean, like I said, for M- for NBA champions to call themselves world champions, I mean, like I, I I get it. You probably are the best in the world, but you you're you're not the champion of the world. Yeah, you know, no, you I haven't do agree with that. Yeah, you, you haven't done anything to prove to me that you're the champion of the world. You're just you know, you're the best against a specific set of teams within your league. And, I mean, I know soccer soccer fans would probably agree, too. I mean, you know, Premier League, they aren't world champions. They're Premier, Premier League champions. You know, they're not even they're not even champions of the whole, you know, thing. Yeah, I mean, there's the Champions League right below them, but they're not – they're not champion. You know, they, like I said, they, they didn't even beat the winner of the Champions League. So, I mean, how – you know, it's silly to compare the two leagues – but I can't say the Premier League champion is the Champions League champion. So, like I said, it's yeah. just not the same thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I agree. Um, it would be pretty cool if, like, the NBA team who won the championship in the years that they competed in FIBA, it would be pretty cool if the NBA forced them to go play in the FIBA. <laughs> All right, prove your worth. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Test your might. Like Although they wouldn't all be from America. Now that I'm thinking about it, like Nikola Jokic wouldn't have played for America. So I guess that really wouldn't work. But right, yeah, and like I get the argument that yes, you have the best players in the world playing in your league. So I mean, like that kind of automatically qualifies you as world champions. I get it, but like at the same time, you, you, the the trophy shouldn't read world champions. You know, you're you're the champion of your league. You know, because I mean, who knows? Maybe one day, you know, I mean, sure, 99 days out of 100, the Denver Nuggets are going to win. But that one day, the Wandong Tigers, mm. you know, catch the Nuggets slipping, and all of a sudden they're world champions. And this, yeah, you know, going off. Yes, or whatever uh, Taiwan team that uh, Dwight Howard plays for now. Yes. All right, now moving on to college football. Officially, week one, don't have to deal with the make believe week zero. Um, you know, watch that from your memory. 
um, you know, uh, let's put that behind us because we are officially into college football now. Every single team has to play. Yes, I know. Everyone's so excited, and I know we are here too. And, um, you know, obviously our hometown team, LSU Tigers, in a primetime game, in a game of the century for college football, um, you know, you got to stop what you're doing. It's a Sunday. It's all on my birthday. Um, God forbid LSU loses because, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just gonna that's just gonna ruin a lot of things for me. Uh, granted, I am high up on Florida State. I'm not saying LSU should clear Florida State at all, but um, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna say the opposite. I think neither of these teams are gonna clear the other team. I say that, but I mean, I got college football, so it, you just never know, dude. I just it's college football. It's college football. I mean, it, it's all fun and games till you know. I mean, I mean, let's be. I mean, did, when LSU played Oklahoma in the playoffs, I mean, did anyone expect that big of a blowout? No. Yes. I'm, I'm sure LSU fan, you say yes. I mean, I mean, just the, the, the shellacking that he gave Oklahoma was ridiculous. Um, yeah, anyway, enough enough talking about hypotheticals here. I guess let's move on to the actual game, LSU and Florida State. I know a lot of people are excited for it. Like I said, people have been looking forward to this one. They've had it circled on the calendar for a while, even if you aren't an LSU or Florida State fan. And one of the co-hosts here who will remain unnamed is a fan of both, so I'm very interested to hear what he has to say, because I know he has insights on both teams. With that being said, Peyton, I will pass it to you. What do you think of this game? I know what you I know what you think of it, obviously. I think you, you, you think it's going to be a banger. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, that's an understatement. Um, dude, they got, they got some guys, studs all over the field in this game. Um, so whatever you – if you watched this game last year, erase it from your memory because it's going to be a totally different game this year. Um, the teams, I mean, yeah, they might have a lot of the same players, but they're not even remotely close to the same teams they were last year. Um, even, like, Harold Perkins didn't play for LSU last year. Uh, dude, it's – oh, my gosh, I can't wait for this game. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do like Florida State. But I, I am more of an LSU fan. I mean, I grew up in Baton Rouge. It's going to be the Tigers till I die. Um, when Florida State's not playing LSU, then we can we can say go Noles. But when they're when they're playing bat, that team from Baton Rouge, you know you know who I'm rocking with. So, um, man, it, it's really going to be a good game, though. You got playmakers all over the field. Uh, two really good quarterbacks in Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis, experienced quarterbacks, really, um, which you don't get a whole lot of in college sometimes. But, dude, it, man, it's going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, yes, it's getting a lot of hype, but it, it might not even be getting enough hype still. It's going to be that good. Yeah, well said. Uh, look, I'm an LSU, I'm not really a Florida State fan. I mean, I don't hate them, but you know, I definitely don't like them the way you do. But um, and look, uh, like obviously LSU fan here, so I definitely want LSU to win. But man, I just as a fan of college football now, um, and Peyton will tell you how big I hated college football up until this year. And I started really like studying and trying to get into it, and just embracing the fact that college football is a mess, will forever be a mess, but it's a it's an entertaining oh, mess. Um, but um, this game is going to be anything but messy. Um, not Lionel Messi, but M E S S Y messy. Um, man, it's going to be very. Very entertaining game. I mean, you look across the board, and I mean, you know, both these, like like you said, Peyton, both these teams are returning a lot of production from last year. 
but neither of these teams are going to look the same as they did last year. Uh, things have all but changed for both teams. Um, obviously, you know, if you had to give a coaching advantage to one team, you'd probably give it to LSU. That may be like the one like clear advantage between the teams. Um, I mean, maybe the roster makeup you can give to Florida State's favor. But once again, you look at the coaching, you know, advantage for LSU. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know who to lean in this game. Um, I'm going to pick LSU. I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, it's not going to come down to a missed extra point. It may. It may come mm. down to a missed extra point. Please, but it's not. As, as, it's not going. It's not going to come down into in, a, in an ugly fashion like it did last year. I think. Oh, I think don't. the competition. And it was a good game last year too. Um, but it was I think an ugly game. Yeah, I was about to say it's not going to be. A com- an ugly competitive game. It's going to be a beautifully competitive game. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's just the the matchmakers kind of looked up with this one. Then um, both of the teams are pretty much equal power. Um, I'm not sure what the AP rankings have them as. I know, but like, I know like power rankings and like um, who's the guy who does the SP Plus rankings? Bill Bill Connolly, something like that. Something like that. Um, I know that he's got them pretty close. And like I said, you can look across the board at any stat you want. And I mean, both of these teams are pretty much the same. Um, like I said, the pace is the same. I mean, like I said, they both. Like I said, Florida State's got like like slight edges. I mean, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard as an LSU when you play in the SEC to have as big you know advantages as Florida State does in some of these rankings. But yeah, um, like I said, I like LSU slightly. Um, obviously, the spread I think is like minus two and a half or something like that. Um, it should probably be closer than that. Um, man, like I said, um, if this game is anything but a banger. Uh, I'm disappointed. Uh, like I said, I won't, I won't even be mad if LSU loses because I know it'll be. I'm, the only reason I'll be mad if LSU loses is if they, you know, get blown out. Because then at that point they're just they're already a disappointment for the season. But um, I doubt you know if this this game gets played a hundred times, ninety times it's a banger, ten times it's a runaway for either team. Yeah, I mean, you look all over the field. You got players like. Uh, Makai Wingo, Harold Perkins, as I alluded to earlier, Jordan Travis, Johnny Wilson, even Keon Coleman, the transfer from uh, Michigan State. You got Jared Verse, who was probably going to be a top 10 pick last year and then decided to come back to Florida State. Just a freak off the edge. Um, you got Savion Jones. You got Ovia Guofu. You got um, now no longer, but you do have Mason Smith and John Emery on LSU's team. They just won't, you won't see him this weekend. Um, LSU's eight deep at scholarship running on scholarship running backs. You see a star and Will Campbell at left tackle. Um, dude, they are loaded. Both teams are. Uh, Fentrell Cypress, the cornerback transfer from Virginia at Florida State. I mean, he was one of the most sought after cornerback transfers in the country last year in Florida State landed him. Braden Fisk, the transfer from, I want to say, Western Michigan. And the D tackle, he ended up at Florida State. I mean, Florida State is a lot like LSU in the sense that they have a lot of transfers, but not just not just like filler transfers. Like they're legitimate dudes. Um, so, man, I, I'm really expect. I have a lot of high hopes for this uh, this this game, and uh, I think it's going to live up to the hype, man. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like I so said, we're going to see. Um, I mean, what's projected to be and probably will be two of the best quarterbacks in the NCAA, um, you know, head to head. And um, I, I do, I do, I'm not a big fan of the whole, you know, like head to head narrative between quarterbacks because it's not like, you know, they're like, you know, in a fist fight with each other. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's kind of hard. If you get what I'm saying, it's kind of hard to like really compare them. 
Uh, obviously, one's going to look better than the other, statistically wise. But um, both you know, it's going to be exciting to see both quarterbacks. And uh, overall, should be a very exciting game. Um, yeah, one quarterback has a complete disadvantage for the, uh, that the other does not have to face. By the way, and that disadvantage being Harold Perkins. <laughs> I mean, look, Jordan Travis, there's no question that dude is dangerous with his legs. Um, so is Jaden Daniels. But Jaden Daniels doesn't have a Harold Perkins on the other side chasing him down. Uh, if you remember, Malik Hornsby is like a 4-3-4-2 type of guy for Arkansas, and Harold Perkins just chased him down like it was nothing last year. Mm-hmm. Absolute animal. Um, if you put him at the spy and – Spy Jordan Travis. Now you can't do that all game. I understand that, but dude, he's going to play hell for Jordan Travis. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they game plan around Harold Perkins, being that I think I do think he's the best player on the field anytime he's on the field. Yeah, dude is unbelievable ball player, and he's still not even refined. Like he's still learning how to play football. You just kind of put him out there, and he's amazing. <laughs> he's that good. Like he doesn't he doesn't even know what he's doing completely <laughs> yet, and he's already this good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting game, very exciting game. But um, if you're ready, we can move on to our next one. Unless you have any closing thoughts, yeah, on, I'm not giving yeah, a predict- prediction on that game. By the way, that's fair. Yeah, that that's fair. I understand because Lord knows it's just gonna go the opposite way that I say, and I'm I'm not even no uh not not jinxing that game. That's fair. Like I said we just know we do know it's gonna be a great game regardless. Um. But yeah, anyway, we can move on to Battle of the Carolinas. Yeah, I think this has got. I think game day is actually going to be there this weekend. Oh, um, forgot about yes. game day. Yes. So yeah, bad. so game day will be there. They obviously are not. Not be so fast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're obviously not going to be in Orlando for LSU, Florida State, which in hindsight obviously looks like a good idea, being that there was a hurricane <laughs> that just went through. Um, but. Which, by the way, prayers for everybody that was affected yeah. by the hurricane. Uh, we know yeah, all too absolutely. well about those. No, oh, yeah. Terrible. Um, Undoubtedly. But, uh, yeah. It's going to be an intriguing game. You got guys like Drake May. You got guys like Spencer Sand. I mean, Spencer Rattler, not Spencer Sanders. Um, sorry about that. Uh, Mac Brown, Shane Beamer, uh, a freshman that I'm really, really excited to see at South Carolina named Nicholas Harbor. Um, man, I'm, I am excited to see this game because both of these both of these teams felt like they kind of disappointed last year, but they they won some games that they probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they're going to do that again this year, kind of. Uh, like South Carolina is going to be due for a win, maybe like against mm-hmm. Georgia, but they'll they'll get teed off on against uh, Florida or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's kind of how these two teams are. I'm interested to see what Spencer Rattler looks like. Um, and then I want to see what Drake May looks like, too. I want to see if he took another step or if he if he stayed the same, which is obviously already great. But Right. Yeah. Neither so... team has defense either. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, well said. Well said. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit, you hit on all the points here. Uh, I, I think the, there's a bigger gap between North Carolina's offense and defense than South Carolina's gap. Um, I think North Carolina has a god-awful defense. Uh, I know they had one last year. Their defensive coordinator, 
Um, I mean, he might as well, you know, be watching a completely different game on his phone um, while out there. Um, look, it's going to be a good game. Like another another close game. I believe the spread on this game is also two and a half in favor of North Carolina. Um, yeah, like I said, it's going to be interesting. Drake May, one of the highest, one of the higher rated quarterbacks. I know he's um, going to be a high draft pick um, as long as his production holds up uh, to what you know scouts are giving uh, or scouts are predicting him to have. Um, you know, and it's it, it's kind of weird because you look at their, uh, you know, their, like I said, their defense, their defense is you know very concerning, and against a you know a team that has you know Spencer Radler. And uh, Antoine Wells Jr. Um, is he is he is he injured? I'm not sure. Um, anyways, you got some you know, solid offensive players over on the South Carolina side. Um, hey, do you do you know if Antoine uh, Wells Jr. is injured? Antoine? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Okay. Um, but a solid wide receiver for South Carolina, if he's playing or not. Um, that's like the thing I've, in front of me. I have says he's injured. But I'm not sure. Like I, said, I haven't haven't heard anything that says he has. Anyways. Uh, like I said, you have a crappy defense in North Carolina going up against what could be a very, you know, very solid uh, offense. Sorry, North Carolina. Sorry, South Carolina. Um, they are all yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be saying, saying North and South Carolina so many times. I'm just going to get them confused. Hopefully you can keep up. Um, you know, I'll, I'll pick North Carolina to win this one. I think it's going to be another close game, another very entertaining game. I said Battle of the Carolinas, I think – like I said, North Carolina – I know North Carolina's higher ranked for what that's worth. Um, I'm beginning to take – I'm beginning to learn to take those rankings with a grain of salt. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't, it's, it's going to be – it's going to be another, another fairly interesting game. Um, like I said, don't no, – I, I think North Carolina's got the better talent on offense. And I think in college, offense matters um, a lot more than defense. Uh, at least that's from what I've seen. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the edge with uh, North Carolina here with a, uh, with a grain of salt, really. Um, you know, South Carolina, we got one of the tougher schedules in the league and uh, it all uh, starts here. Yep. Um, I do agree. I do think North Carolina is going to get it done. I think Drake May is a better quarterback, more consistent quarterback than Spencer yes. Rattler. I think he'll take care of the football better than Spencer Rattler. And I think that'll be the South Carolina's downfall is Spencer Rattler. Um, but who knows? Spencer Rattler could also come out here and be like a Heisman winner. So, you know. Yeah, if he shows his flashes, if he has what the flashes he was showing, if he could keep that at a consistent rate, I mean, man, South oh, yeah. Carolina's going to be a uh, force to be reckoned with. Exactly. But, yeah, I, I do have North Carolina winning. I think they have a better coach in Mac Brown, yeah. too. Yeah. So. All right, well, we move on to our third featured game. Uh, obviously, a lot of eyes going to be on this, um, you know, and if you haven't been keeping up with college football at all, um, Coach Prime, he's, uh, you know, it's – I'm Prime. <laughs> it's – look, the, the, mad, the madness has taken over Colorado. It's taken over college football, It's uh, and it's here. Uh, Colorado versus TCU – a game that no one should be talking about is one of the more talked about games this week. Um, can I say for good reason? I really can't other than Deion Sanders. Um, and, and look, I think people are going to be 
shocked at at this Colorado team because you know people just assume people are just hearing all this hype around Colorado and Deion Sanders, but look, um, they're going to lose by three scores. Um, you're going up against TCU. You're going up against TCU's your first game. A team fresh out of the playoffs, um, fresh out of the championship. Uh, you know, runners, runner up, runner ups in the league last year. Are they the same team they were last year? Absolutely not. Um, every, I mean, you know, as far as returning production is concerned, uh, they they have none. <laughs> I mean. What, 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 how, how many people are they returning on their defense? I think their defense is a little bit better off than their offense. But you know, like I was saying, um, you got to value offense a little bit higher here. But um, you know, I'm 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 trashing on TCU's return of production when let's be honest, Colorado is transfer university. Um, they have yeah, returners. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, yes, they have thirty-seven uh, percent returning production, worse than the FBS. Colorado does. Uh, TCU has 52.68%, which is 104th in the FBS. Uh, 125th on offense, by the way. One above Colorado, who's 126th returning production on offense. For what that's worth, if you look into those things, which you should, because, um, yeah, like I said, Colorado is now um, under quarterback by uh, Sanders' son. Um, And like I said, I mean, everyone except two of their players on offense and two of their players on defense are transfers. As far as the starters are concerned, um, it's it's hard to see how this team even does well this season. I th- but I think I, I, I think media is going to be surrounding them all season. But if they if this if this Colorado team gets three wins, that is a, that's a victory in and of itself. Uh, Deion Sanders has did what he what he came to do. Uh, this Colorado team sucked before he got there. This Colorado team sucks now. Um, even though TCU has lost a lot, just a, there's a ginormous talent gap. Uh, between the two games, gap. yes, and coaching gap. Thank you. Um, do I think Deion Sanders is a bad coach? You know, define coach. Um, I think sometimes he's that kind of guy is what a team needs, and you know, it's good for the program. Like, like I think that's kind of what Colorado needed was a Deion Sanders as a coach. Is he going to net them a bunch of wins? No, not right now, at least. Um, you know, but like, like I said, a team like Colorado that was getting clowned you know, is now the, the talk of college football. You know, how? How does a team who's going to max out at three or four wins on the season become the talk of college football? And um, so, yeah, like I, said, I think Colorado's got their guy in Deion Sanders. Um, I don't think they're going to win. I think, you know, they may show some flashes. Like I said, like I said to begin this this little preview here, um, I think people are going to be fooled at how awful Colorado is because, like I said, everyone's hyping them up to be this. But, you know, if for the average viewer who doesn't pay attention – to you know, like you know, rosters, talent, uh, you know, like uh, what you know, odds makers have for this game. I think they're going <laughs> they're going to be shocked to see TCU, um, you know, caving Colorado's head in. Yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. Look, is Deion Sanders one of the best, greatest football players of all time? Yes. Is Deion Sanders a coach? No. Uh, is he a recruiter? Yes. Does that mean his team's going to win? No. Um, look, Travis Hunter was, he was good at the, SC, at the SCS level, but look, we're not going to sit here and say that he was some unreal football player. Um, I mean, look, I think he'll be fine at Colorado, but I don't think, uh, 
I don't think Colorado will do anything. People are saying, oh, yeah, Travis Hunter's going to win the Heisman, this, that, the other. No, he's not, man. Colorado's, like you say, they'll be lucky to win three games. Um, They're not going to be good. Nobody can convince me otherwise except for Colorado if they were to win more than three games. Um, well, if they beat TCU, until, throw everything out the window uh, that I've studied for. See, Colorado, no, but I, I also don't. I mean, TCU still not going to be great this year either. Yeah, no, um, yeah. In a worse conference than Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see everything we need to this weekend. I think once TCU dribbles their heads off the, uh, the canvas, um, we'll know what, what we need to know. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I'm I'm definitely going to watch the game just because I want to see what Colorado puts out on the field. I think it's going to be entertaining in the sense that um, a, um, a car crash compilation is entertaining. Um, I don't watch it because, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Um, no, I wholeheartedly agree. But we'll move on from this game because I'm, uh, I, I don't like giving it attention, but just because, uh, yeah. I mean, look what Deion Sanders is doing. Yeah, it is what shit. it is. But all right. And, um, all right, we'll cover one game here at random. I don't know what we're going to call the segment. We'll work on that. But uh, essentially, I have a random team generator in front of me, and uh, me and Peyton are going to cover the game that they play on the fly. Um, I mean, as soon as we find out who their opponent is, I mean, we may do like 10 seconds of research and come up with a prediction, but um, it's not going to be – I mean, like I say it may not be the prettiest thing, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And so um, all these teams are FBS teams from major conferences. So it's – um, you know, they should be playing a game every week. Um you know, is it going to be a sicker game? Possibly, is it going to be the best game of the week? That's also possible, but uh, that's what the you know random generator is all for. So, uh, Peyton, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, I have it in front of me. Um, you're going to have to take my word for it. I'm going to hit random generate, and we got North Carolina. Wow. Okay, we're going to do it again. All right, no. random generate again. Illinois. Oh God. <laughs> Illinois. Look, 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 this, oh, look, this was in the this was in the um in the fine print that this could happen. Um, <laughs> they played to they played Toledo. Oh. <laughs> oh no! So this does seem like it would be a sicko game. Um, look, Illinois sucks. Toledo sucks. Not much more to be said. Yeah, not much more to be said about this game. Look at the watchability uh, graphic I gave you. They're actually fourth on the prime time at 64.4. Oh, nice. Yeah, because they're so bad that it'll actually be a competitive game. Yeah, I think Toledo's a, um like I said, as far as you know, Matt, it's it's matching baby for Toledo. Um and you know, Illinois, yeah, you know, not not the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, just put it like that. Um I don't I don't know what the what the spread is in this game? That would be one thing I look up. Let me see. I think I have, I have, I have, I have yeah, I have my cheat sheets in front of me too for these two teams, so mm. I should be okay if you are. Uh, Illinois and Toledo. Illinois is a ten point. I'm sorry, nine and a half point favorite. Interesting. That's kind of surprising. That's kind of surprising. That big yeah. of a favorite. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll, I mean, we'll definitely be able to gauge what kind of year Illinois is going to have. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, I think Toledo is a live dog in this. Um, 
look like I mean, you know, this this maybe this will be the toughest. Toledo's got a super weak schedule. They probably got obviously, you know, we have nothing but action, and you're the best team in your conference. More than likely, the best team in your conference. Um, you're going to have a super weak schedule, and you're going to look like powerhouses. So Illinois is going to be the toughest guy, toughest opponent you face. I'm sorry. Um, so I think this this will say a lot more a lot more about Toledo. Well, no, I mean like I, we kind of know what Toledo is going to do. It will be it's going to be interesting for both these teams. Um, you know this this game kind of looked pretty sick to begin with, but now that I'm looking into this, it's actually going to be like an interesting benchmark for both of these teams. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Toledo's got a bunch of all conference players on the offense and defense. I say a bunch. I think it's like four each. Um, you know, namely, uh, main guy on the offense is Daquan Finn, quarterback. Um, you know, senior. Um, he's a pretty pretty solid cat. He's uh, started nineteen games for them. And uh, speaking, he's not even the most experienced guy on their team. Um, you know, they have an all left tackle on Nick Rosie, who is who has started thirty two games for them. Um, in all conference left tackle, and then you know two solid wide receivers, and uh, just one Newton and Devon Maddox. Uh, De- I'm sorry, De- Devin Maddox. Ooh, um, you know not the best wide receivers, but I mean, hey, pretty solid. I see you have a you know, pretty solid offense. You move at a fast pace. Um, you know, I mean, your defense, your defense is actually even better now that I'm looking at it. Um, some like super good defensive backs. Um, Quinion Mitchell. Damn. Okay. Okay. Solid linebacker in Dallas Gant. Okay. That's Toledo's legit. They could take on Bama. <laughs> oh, in all seriousness, oh, though, um, yeah, in all seriousness, uh, like a 10 point spread between these two teams. I guess I get it because one of them's in the MAC and the other's the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I don't know. That big of a spread is, is freaking. It's kind of laughable looking, especially looking at this Illinois team. Like I, I look at talent, and you know, for for our MAC team, Toledo's super talented. I said Illinois yeah, got some cats on the defense, but I mean, yeah, it's going to be a competitive game for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's crazy to say comparing the Big Ten to the MAC. But I mean, you're taking not not quite the worst in one conference, but you know, bottom tier team from one conference against the best team in another conference. Um. I mean, I, I really don't care what the narrative is. You know, I, I, the the best team in that conference has a fighter's chance in, yeah, uh, in Toledo. And um, you know, on top of the, if Toledo was playing this playing this game at home, I would almost say they win. But unfortunately, they have to go to Illinois. So I will give um, I will give Illinois the win here. I do think Toledo covers that spread, though. I think you know, double digits is way too gracious for for a team in Illinois going up against you know Toledo, who is. Going to have something to prove. They're going to show a hey, look, we're going to play a power five uh, team here, and um, they want to show the rest of their conference that hey, look, you know, don't don't mess with us. Yep, I definitely agree. So, but should be an interesting game. But uh, that'll 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 wrap it up there. Yep. But yep. Um. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, catch us next time on the Easy Peasy Show. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Uh, like I said, a mega episode as I push in a three-hour mark here. And um, but yeah, like I said, we appreciate you all for listening for uh, getting through this with us. Uh, covered a lot, um, but you know, I think well worth it. And uh, like I said, yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed listening. Uh, appreciate it as always, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Yep. Peace.